0: It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.
1: What are you talking about? No, it's not
2: him. There is only
1: one more. There is only one. More! That's it! One more! Get a around No! They saw your team. Put up zero effort. Wake up! Remember in the old days they used to have oxygen for Where's the
2: oxygen?
0: They play like absolute just garbage.
2: <laughs> this.
1: this is
0: the Sports Loud mouth!
1: Yay! Man. Can you keep it down? I'm trying to introduce here With Errol Marks and Speedy BD. You're not even a has-been. Here it never was! Here it never
2: was! January 5th, 2023. 631-6723108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. You are listening to the sports loud Mouth. I'm your host, Donald Marks, my co-host, Speedy. What's up, Speed?
1: Well, I'd I like to give a shout-out to the uh, the family of uh, a guest we had on the show that I should have mentioned yesterday, unfortunately, passing away. That was uh, Uche Waneri, a guy we had back in October, unfortunately, passing away of a heart attack at 38 years old. So, my Nice thoughts, guy, too. Yeah, one of the best interviews we ever had. A fantastic guy. Was uh, really doing well with his YouTube page. Very self-conscious on a lot of different NFL issues uh, for a lot of the former players. A lot of the stuff we were discussing yesterday with the CTE and all the injuries. And uh, a great guy. Fantastic personality very uh, sad actually i was
2: told you know when we were driving home that he he passed away so it's crazy it Uh really is but um may he rest in peace a shout out to his family and uh uche was a nice nice guy he really was uh 38 years old died from a heart attack massive heart attack so So, sad uh, his wife found him uh, in the hotel room so yes it's a really really sad situation but uh Yeah, uh, shout-out to his family. May may he rest in peace. Uh, At 9.30, we'll be talking to former Falcons, Cowboys, and Jets. Defensive tackle... Tony Casillas. And uh, at 10 o'clock, we'll be talking to Browns, Lions, and Patriots cornerback Lee Bodden, who is now working as a politician. And uh, very, very nice guy. Lee Bodden was uh, there with the butt fumble. We 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 <laughs> yes. spoke about that the last time he was on the show, so uh, I'm sure he has a lot of stories uh, that we really didn't get into the last time we had him on the show, but he's such a nice guy, so mm-hmm. looking forward to getting him on again. Um, Mike LaFleur says that Zach Wilson would have benefited from sitting during his rookie season. No duh. Okay? And and we all know what rookies turn out to be if they sit out for their rookie season. Uh, One of them, Patrick Mahomes, uh, Aaron Rodgers sat out three years before he got a chance to play uh, and took over for Brett Favre. You you look at Jordan Love right now, who's sitting behind Aaron Rodgers, is probably going to be a pretty good quarterback. So Jalen Hurts sat behind uh, a couple of quarterbacks before he got his starting uh, opportunity. So... Uh, A lot of quarterbacks benefit for sitting on the bench and learning from the veterans. So I absolutely believe it. So we'll get into that. Bills-Bengals game officially canceled. NFL with many different proposals on the playoff scenario. So the NFL, there's so many different proposals right now. Uh, Maybe making an 8 seed, which I don't like that. And it it pretty much tells you that the number 1 seed won't have a bye. The number 1 seed would play the 8 seed and uh, have a chance to decide if, you know, where they want to play or something like that. So I, I don't like these, spe, you know, specs and speculations, but I don't know. Maybe the NFL is trying to change it because of the whole Hamlin thing. I understand it. I, it just, to me, it doesn't make any sense. Um, Dolphins GM Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel could be on the hot seat if they lose versus the Jets. You know why? Because Jim Harbaugh is available, and that's why. Everybody knows that uh, the Dolphins were going after Jim Harbaugh over the last couple of years. Uh, He decided to stay in Michigan. Now all of a sudden he comes out and says that he's probably uh, moving to the NFL if the right offer comes along. So why not Miami saying that they're going to fire this young coach who I think has had a very good season. So I I don't understand it. Um, Cardinals very likely to fire Cliff Kingsbury according to several reports. I'm not surprised Uh, if you're watching Hard Knocks. uh, I think he's lost the locker room. Uh, SNY's Ian Begley believes the Knicks could be in the market to trade for Zach Levine. Uh, We have been listening to this. And and Zach Levine, when he became a free agent about a year and a half ago, two years ago, the Knicks were very interested in Zach Levine. He decided to re-sign with Chicago. Chicago has really not uh, been the team uh, they were a couple of years ago. Uh, and, And really, for the last... I would say half a year have not looked that good. So uh, I, I think they're going to look to move on from Zach Levine. I don't know if he's going to the Knicks, but I'm sure there'll be more than enough teams interested in going after a good player like Zach Levine. Uh, we will get into our week 18 picks. Last week, um, I was 12 and 3. Derek and Speedy were 10 and 5. What was Jeff? Jeff was also 12 and 3. I'm
1: sure he's uh, bragging about that, but. We'll get into it. <laughs> Stuck says Jim Harbaugh's going to Baltimore. It's going to cause some real problems at Thanksgiving. <laughs> that would be funny, but I'm that's not going to happen. Uh, Carl also said he came out and today he's staying at Michigan. Did he say that? He he made a statement that he looks like he is going to stay that is going to stay that way. But you never know. That could be a smoke screen. We don't money know. talks. Yeah. And if the Miami Dolphins or the Broncos
2: or any of these uh, teams offer him a ton of money. Why would he stay in Michigan? So I, I understand that he said that, but it could be a smoke show. We've yeah. seen this before. We've seen coaches, college coaches say that they're staying where they're staying put and they never stay put. So right. I, I, I don't I don't kind of believe Jim Harbaugh. So, I mean, I remember when Jim Harbaugh said that he was going to stay in the NFL after he was fired from uh, San Francisco right. and then he wound up going to Michigan. So I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. So why don't we get into it? The, the whole Bills and Bengals thing. I, I know the NFL is trying to figure out specs that make sense because it's not fair to the Bills because the Bills are actually going to take a loss for this game because they didn't want to go back to Cincinnati after what happened to DeMar Hamlin. And you look at the specs and the stipulations that the NFL is trying to put for this year's playoffs. I, I mean... I don't believe this should be an eight seed, okay? Because you're telling me a seven, what was it, seven and nine team can make the playoffs. I I, I don't like it. We've seen this before. I don't like it. And and you're also telling me that if Pittsburgh loses against Cleveland and the Jets beat Miami, they make the playoffs. And to me, I I don't want I don't want to see the Jets get a hand me down to go to the playoffs just because the NFL is adding an eight seed. So. I understand what the NFL is trying to do. I understand why they're doing it. But I also understand that the the whole DeMar Hamlin thing was, was an accident. And I, I know the NFL is trying to make the playoff more interesting to watch. More games, obviously. So more money, more games, more revenue. Now, we sit here today, and I, what are the stipulations right now, the specs that they're they're looking at right now? So Speedy? there's
1: many different options. You mentioned the 18 playoffs yeah. where no team would get a bye, which mm-hmm. would nullify the fact of getting the number one seed, which, again, if the Bills were to quote-unquote take a loss, they would not get the one seed. So they're trying to make it more fair of, because it was a 7-3 game of hypotheticals. Um, the other one would be thought of as the – a neutral site AFC championship here's my Here's my problem here. Why did the Bengals
2: get a win on that? Because they had a 7-3 lead, and the Buffalo Bills don't want to go back to Cincinnati? That's not the Buffalo no. Bills problem.
1: Yeah, that makes no sense.
2: I, I think it should be a tie. Yeah. That's... I thought the Bengals and the Bills should have a tie. But the Bills obviously do not want to play in Cincinnati again after what happened to DeMar Hamlin. So they're giving the Bills the loss. So now... The Bengals I think have the same record as the Bills.
1: Yeah, they would have they would have if they won that game. Now, again, the Right now, with if they were to take a tie, in, in is it a tie scenario. or a loss? Because I heard the Buffalo Bills are going to take a loss. Well, yeah, if they took a loss, then yes, they would have the same record, which means the Bills would ultimately fall to the three seed, which would not be fair in that case either. So I think that's why they ended up looking at this eight seed scenario. Or there's another one too, where the number one and number two seeds would choose either the buy or home field advantage, but not both. So whoever gets the buy would end up getting I guess, getting the home game later on, but or the two-seed would get the home game later on, but they would have to play an extra game. So which do they choose from there would be another question. And then I guess what Ben was saying yesterday is still in play whether they would do a potential algorithm with those three teams. I don't, well. I don't agree with I that I don't know either. how they would be able to do that. I think they should go
2: from from the old college days where they flip a coin. The top three teams in the AFC should flip a coin. Kansas City obviously would be – they have the number one seed right now, so they, they would flip whoever flips with the Bills and the Bengals. Whoever wins that coin flip – would get a chance to flip against Kansas City, and whoever wins that gets the number one, number two, or number three seed. That's what I think should happen, but the NFL, they're all about uh, bringing new terms and new stuff uh, to the league, and they think that this is going to benefit. Now, if this does work, if there's an eight seed that makes the playoffs, do they do that every single year now? And that's that's a good question, because if it works out, and the NFL is making an extra... You know, extra billion dollars. I don't know, not billion, but extra $50 million from that game or $20 million from that game. Why wouldn't they bring an eighth, you know, eighth seed every single year for a wild card spot? I think seven seeds are more than enough, more than sufficient, the way the NFL is moving in that category. They added the extra wild card. After the last couple of years, adding the other two wild cards, you have three wild cards. Why should you have four? It's pretty much telling these teams: it doesn't matter how bad you are in a regular season; all you got to do is sneak in, and you have a chance to win a Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I was bad. I was against the seven as it was. I thought six was a good number as it was because you got a lot of good wild card six seeds that were ten and six and were actually quality teams. Once you got to the seven seed, really none of them have been competitive so far in their playoff games. Besides the Colts, the first year against the Bills, where that game was pretty close. I think it was twenty-seven, twenty-four. None of the other seven seeds have hung tough at all because a lot of times nine, and eight teams getting in there. Now, again, that might have still happened in the NFC as well.
2: You know, ch- ch- check out what, what the posts are and check it out like I told you. But um, as everybody knows, we're, we're, uh, we will have at 930, we'll be talking to Falcons, Cowboys, and Jets defensive tackle Tony Casilla. So he will be joining us again. We haven't had him on for about six months. And um, at 10 o'clock, we will be talking to ex Browns and Lions cornerback Lee Bodden, who... I think Lee Bodden was
1: drafted by, the, if I'm not mistaken, the Patriots. By the Browns. He the was, Browns. He was with the Patriots later. That was the butt fumble. That was the butt fumble game was in 2012. And that was his last year in the league, actually.
2: So I, the scenario with the NFL, uh, with this 8th seed, is interesting. I don't know how the NFL is going to work with this. and And again... I understand the Buffalo Bills. They don't want to go back to Cincinnati. They don't want to deal with the, the situation that they dealt with on Sunday night. Um, and, again, I, I really think they should have played this week's, uh, that that game on Thursday night and moved their game, for, their final game to both their final games to the next Thursday. And that's what I, sh- I thought the NFL should do. They should be playing the game. Every other team was playing the game. You're giving th- the Bengals. And you're giving the Buffalo Bills a chance to recuperate. Now, I understand with the DeMar Hamlin thing. I understand they don't want to play in Cincinnati. But it has to be some kind. It's got to be fair. And I, I, I wouldn't push the Buffalo Bills to play in it. And Obviously, the Buffalo Bills are not getting pushed to play. So they have decided that they'd rather not play in the game. So... I look at the the benefits to this situation with the NFL. The eight seeds in the NFC and the AFC are going to benefit from this. I, I don't see how, and the NFL benefits from it. I, I don't know how the other teams that are getting in as the eight seed. Could you imagine an eight seed win a Super Bowl? I mean, yeah. Again,
1: it seems unlikely, but again, you're looking Why? at a case. Why? Uh, we have seen wild card teams six six seed wild card teams win. We no, no, no I know, but the seven and eight seeds have the seven seeds so far in that sample haven't been great lately. So yeah, you're right. It's usually, a lot of six seeds are good teams that just lose out on tiebreakers and maybe just miss the division. And we've seen, yeah, you're right. We've seen that good amount again. It's on. Uh... The Packers were a good team that again just missed out because of a lot of the injuries, and they just got in on a tiebreaker later over the Giants. So again, there's a lot of cases of that where uh, that's quality. Five seeds are quality a lot of the time too. Mm-hmm. It's I, I don't know about seven and eight. It's already a lot as it is, and a lot of them really haven't been that successful so far.
2: And I, I'm I'm interested to see how the NFL is going to work this, and what do they have? A couple of hours, uh, twenty-four to forty-eight hours. They're supposed to they come what out what to at six,
1: but I haven't seen anything yet. So, which. <laughs> they're actually going through Adam Schefter's Twitter hasn't confirmed anything yet, but yeah, those are the three scenarios they're looking at right now. Now the eight seed with that is the most, uh, is the most fair to not having the buys, but at the same time, yeah. Do you want to let in another team that doesn't deserve to make the playoffs? I don't know. That's another question. Yes, Ben, the, uh, the game is officially canceled. canceled.
2: It's not going to be rescheduled. And I think the, I think what I've read is the, the bills are going to take a loss. They're going to take a loss and the, the, the Bengals get the win. And now the question is, is how did how does this work at the end of the season? You know, with the last game of the season. If the Bengals and the Bills wind up with the same record, the Bengals would have the, the tiebreaker because they beat
1: the Bills. Mm. So how is that fair? Right, and the, the Chiefs would have lost to both teams technically too. So, I mean, they're right now sitting at a one seed by a half game just – having played their game in one. So yeah, it, it, there's none of it that makes sense. So actually something did come out from Schefter too. Mm. Um, there's three different scenarios. Uh, Buffalo and Kansas city would both win or both tie Buffalo versus Kansas city championship game would be a neutral site. So I guess these are all pending different results at the moment. Uh, Buffalo and Kansas city, both lose and Baltimore wins or ties, I guess in week 18, a Buffalo versus Kansas city championship game would be a neutral site. Cause I guess that would imply the Ravens might've won the division. Over the Bengals too, and then scenario three: Buffalo and Kansas City both lose, and Cincinnati wins. A Buffalo versus Cincinnati or Kansas City championship game would be a neutral site. If Baltimore be, defeats Cincinnati in Week 18, it would have defeated Cincinnati, a divisional opponent, twice, but not be able to host a playoff game because Cincinnati still has a higher winning percentage. And then uh, those two teams would play a, a wild card game against one another too, if they would uh, if they would play each other. So I guess the Ravens and Bengals could play three times.
2: I don't like that. I, I don't like how they're maneuvering the playoffs. I, I like the seven seeds. Adding an eight seed is just going to mess everything up. I it doesn't make any sense. Oh, who do we have on the phone? Kenny. Kenny, what's up, man? Kenny? Hello. What's up, man? Uh, somebody lost a bet. Yeah, I lost a bet and I pay up my bets. Somebody else hasn't paid up a bet in four or five years, but I pay up we my went bets. Double or
0: nothing. So yeah. that Yeah.
2: Okay. Did you double or nothing what? Double or nothing. So what does that mean? We did double well, or nothing. I I won. Okay. Double or nothing. So what do I get from the double or nothing?
0: No, no. We went double or nothing.
2: We went double or nothing, yes.
0: And you lost.
2: Yes, I lost. And for four or five years you didn't take any turkey dinner to us. Listen, I pay up my bets, Kenny. You don't. So I I I will stick to my promises because that's what I I do. What you do is you don't stick to your bets, and, uh, you know, you like smoking your wax, you like drinking your booze, and you like to run after geese. You know?
0: I actually just quit smoking weed. So. Really? Good really? for you.
2: Congratulations. Why did you stop smoking weed?
0: I uh,
1: just decided to take a break.
2: Take a break? What What are you doing that you need to take a break? Do you smoke every second of the day?
1: No, it's just uh, I decided to quit.
2: Okay. I, I, listen, I, I think that's great. That's great. Do you still drink?
1: Occasionally, yeah.
2: Occasionally. Okay. Well, I I, I will say this, Kenny. Uh, as long as you don't get high in your run after geese, I, I think you're a pretty straight man, and I, 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 I'm pretty straightforward with everything that I've said to you. I promised you that I would do that. I will figure out what giant or ex-giant that I will have uh, that'll go out to dinner with you, and I will pay if for the it's dinner. Current um, number five uh, is a good. I, I don't know about it. Current. I can't reach out to Daniel Jones and say, hey, Daniel Jones, you want to go out with Kenny Reiner? No, Jones. he said five,
1: complying. Thibodeau. Oh, oh <laughs> Thibodeau. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm saying like it could be a rookie. Jones is no rookie. Okay. Yes, and Thibodeau is a rookie. That would qualify I, and a and how
2: that's... do you think I'm going to get a hold of, you know, Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau? How do you think I'm going to do that? Now, I obviously could do press uh, stuff with the Giants next year. I could do that, but I'd rather do it sometime in this summer, and I'll figure it out. It'll probably be um, an ex-Giant that I'll have—I'll uh, have you sit down for dinner with, maybe a Brandon Jacobs or somebody of that magnitude, where I—I I will That's pay amazing. for dinner. Yes. You see cuz I stick to my bets and I follow through with my bets uh unlike some people we
1: know. <laughs> Keith, Keith Rudy in our comment section says, "Kenny, I could never tell you used to smoke the doobage. The doobage. You know, uh, you like the doobie, you know? Do you do you
2: remember the the commercial with the the penguin for hockey, doobie doobie <laughs> do? Remember that? Yeah. You don't remember that?
1: Yeah. I don't remember, I remember that. No, I, that. I remember no. I, I think time. that
2: was what what kind of beer was that? i I'm, it was something ice, but uh, that was a Canadian Molson? Bread. Molson? Mol- Maybe it was Molson okay. Ice. But, um, but Kenny, I, I'll stick to my bet. Uh, it's good that you stopped smoking weed. I mean, that's a good thing. I, I think the wax was burning a hole in your brain. <laughs>
1: Possibly. Possibly. Uh, Stock also says, uh, you, you just call the Giants front office and say it's Kenny. That dude will be stoked, stoked to go to dinner with Kenny. Yes. Kenny, you would be an upgrade over the Kenny that's making way too much money and not catching a pass.
2: I don't think anybody's going to know who Kenny is.
1: And he's still an upgrade over uh, Goladesh. And as
2: soon as they find out he runs after geese... You know, in his spare time, they probably run from him. Which is still better route running than Kenny Galladay. Yeah, that's true too. So, I I mean, Kenny, you're a very unique individual. and You're pretty tall. I mean, what are you, six foot five? Could you imagine a six five guy running? Six five running after a goose? Could you imagine that? I mean, uh, that's you know, that's must see TV. I mean, seriously. I mean, how about Kenny running after Jeff? How about that? I mean, I think I, I think Kenny could outrun Jeff. I, I do. And he's longer than Jeff. So I, that would be really, really funny, seeing Jeff run from Kenny. Kenny, you think you could run after Jeff? Maybe. Maybe. Do you think he's worth running after, or is it just a waste of space?
3: I
1: don't know. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, we have a request, mm-hmm. Kenny. Uh, Keith wants to know the uh, Chasing Geese story. You <laughs> he never heard it before. <laughs> Come on, Kenny. I don't think he wants to talk about it, but I, yeah.
2: I can tell the story. But, Kenny, we, we will talk. Uh, we will speak again. Uh, you did win the bet, and I follow through with my bets. So you will. And uh, the Jets
1: aren't making the playoffs.
2: Well, either. not necessarily now because. There is
1: a small chance because there's an eighth playoff team. There oh, is dear. an eighth,
2: eighth playoff team, and if the Jets win on Sunday, and Pittsburgh loses. And the Patriots. And the Patriots lose, the Jets make the playoffs, which is crazy. Um do I want to wow. see that? No. But uh will it happen? Possibly. I I mean There's I've seen a crazier f- things. Slim chance, but it's possible. Anything Why is there some chance? It could happen. Point. I'm sorry. And it's crazy season, right? It's a crazy season and, and, and the Jets had a very hard schedule, and hopefully next year, with the way the schedule is set up for them, they'll have an opportunity to do uh you know, have a better season. And I that that's why I have a bet with Brandon Jacobs. And I think I, I have a chance of winning next year. So we'll see. We'll see who the quarterback for the New York Jets is going to be. But Kenny, thank you for calling, bud. All uh,
1: right. Thank you for owning yes. up on your bets. I that's do. Raining. I
2: own up on my bets. Unlike uh some people, right. you know. Kenny Rayner. Kenny from White Plains, New York. Uh interesting cat. Uh uh he is an interesting man. He really is. And, and I I do. I I follow through with my my bets and I I think that Kenny wants to meet an, an ex-giant and I there's a couple of ex-giants that I know mm-hmm. uh that he knows and uh I will speak to them over the next couple of months and when they come up if if it's Brandon Jacobs whenever he comes up here yeah. uh for the summertime I will maybe have Brandon go out to dinner with Kenny.
1: You know, Brandon Jacobs and Kenny oh, What a God. combination. He,
2: actually, Kenny is taller than Brandon Jacobs. Yes, I know. <laughs> Could you imagine, Brand, uh Brandon Jacobs is you know meeting Kenny and looking up? I couldn't imagine that because look at his son. His son's a massive man. He's six foot six, two hundred eighty pounds.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It, it, it's crazy. It really is. But uh, yeah, Kenny from uh, White Plains. And, you? and again, he still has enough time to bulk up to three hundred
1: before he gets to college. So mm-hmm. he's got
2: two more years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike LaFleur says Zach Wilson would have benefited from sitting as a rookie. I'm only going to say this once, because I'm not going to go over this and over this and over this. Everybody knows what I think about the whole Zach Wilson situation. Zach Wilson should have sat the first year his rookie season. The reason why he didn't sit is because the Jets didn't have a proper backup. And that... You could blame on Joe Douglas if you really want to blame him. There was that offseason, I don't think, I don't think the Jets uh, could bring in um, an, an elite quarterback or a good backup quarterback that could take over um, as the starting quarterback for the New York Jets. So Zach Wilson would have been better off learning behind, you know. And I, I don't, I don't like Joe Flacco. I know a lot of people said they could have brought Joe Flacco in. Joe Flacco was washed up. When, when Zach Wilson was drafted, he was washed up. That's why the Jets decided to let him go and then bring him back with a six-round draft pick. They, they needed a, a, a good backup, a quality veteran backup quarterback that can help Zach, Zach Wilson on the bench. Now, he obviously didn't. But, uh, again, I, I still think that the Jets are going to go in the offseason. They're going to have to decide what they're doing with this kid. I, I could sit here and, and, and argue the points on why Zach Wilson should have another chance. I could also argue that the Jets, while he's still 23 years old and you still have control of him for the next, uh, I would say, three years, and, and, and a team could get more out of sit, having him sit on the bench and then for one more year and then either turning him as a starting quarterback or letting him compete for the starting quarterback position, uh, the Jets try to trade him and get as much as they possibly can for him. For Mike LaFleur to say that he... Uh, he would have benefited from it. I think everybody and their mother would have uh, would have said that Zach Wilson would have benefited if he sat the bench. He is not confident. And, I, and I, I've i listened to a lot of Jet fans on social media say that Zach Wilson in the second half last year looked a lot better than he did this year when he came back from his knee injury. And maybe so. Maybe it was a confidence level. Maybe it was something that, you know, the tabloids with the whole girlfriend thing uh, go, going into the offseason. Maybe, he, you know, him sleeping with his mom's best friend. I don't know what it was. But Zach Wilson wasn't Zach Wilson when he was drafted as the second pick right behind Trevor Lawrence. Everybody thought that this kid was going to be a valuable piece to the New York Jets in their future. He hasn't really turned out to be that. Now, that doesn't mean it. And everything that we've read, what Robert Sala has said, what Joe Douglas has said, is that expect Zach Wilson on this roster next year. I also believe that they're just saying that as a smokescreen, just like Jim Harbaugh said, that he'll go back to the Wolverines. I do believe that if the Jets could get the right offer, they will trade Zach Wilson in the offseason. Mm-hmm. I do. I believe it.
1: Yeah, again, we have to see if these uh, these rumors that came out last week are going to be more true than not. I, I still think you can get a third round pick depending on where it is and depending on what coach comes in to these other teams, especially what we were talking about earlier. If the Dolphins do get rid of Mike McDaniel, maybe Mike McDaniel thinks he could do something with Zach Wilson somewhere else. I don't know if that's the case. We've heard the we've heard Kyle Shanahan be very interested in Zach Wilson. That was his disciple, so maybe that's a possibility if the offer is there. Because there are still some teams that need quarterbacks that might give up a third. I don't know if you're gonna get more than that unless you see some improvement.
2: Again, I, I don't know what the Jets are going to do with him. I understand Mike, LaFle- Mike LaFleur. Mike should be fired at the end of the season. I think so, too. He should be fired. There is no way the Jets keep Mike LaFleur. And I've been hearing rumors uh, you know, w- with the New York Jets in the organization that Woody Johnson is not happy with Robert Sala, and he's not happy with Mike LaFleur. So I don't know what's going to happen. Uh, we all know that uh, if Jim Harbaugh becomes available, if he is really available, even though he says he's going back to the Wolverines – Uh, If he does become available, we all know Woody Johnson liked Jim Harbaugh. They interviewed Jim Harbaugh. uh, So that could possibly happen. But I do believe they're going to sit on Robert Sala for at least another year and see what Robert Sala could do. Uh, This defense had a very good season. Their first half was... Really dominant, especially at front seven, and then they fell apart in the second half. The last four games of the season, five games of the season, the defense really didn't show up in certain parts of the game, especially in the yeah. fourth quarter. And, and you can't win football games. You can't win close football games the way the Jets played in the fourth and, and, and at the end of the third quarters this past year. Mm. And, and remember, in the first half of the season, the Jets were the best fourth quarter team in the NFL. Yeah. They were the best fourth-quarter team in the NFL in the first eight games. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened. They fell apart in the second half. And it really, I, I blame the, the New England Patriots. I, I do, because ever since the first New England Patriots game and Franklin Myers and and, and that bad penalty, right. it, it really changed the the whole thought to where the Jets were going to go in the second half of the season. So I think when, when you look at this offseason, the Jets are going to have to really decide – What they're doing with Zach Wilson and what they're doing with Mike LaFleur. I I think this team is good enough. I think this team is good enough to uh, compete against the elite teams in the AFC uh, that are making the playoffs this year. Uh, They really, when you look at what the Jets have done, besides the last two or three games, the Jets were in every single game. The Minnesota game, they were in. The Buffalo Bills, uh, second half of the game, they were in that game. They were in every single game except the last two or three games. So... Um, I don't know what happened to him. I I I I think it's a lack of confidence. I think the defense uh lost confidence, but uh they they still have sauce coming back next year. Um they're going to have to re um, figure out what they're doing with some of these contracts with Mosley and uh they have to they have to pay Quinnen Williams this offseason. Yeah, yeah. Quincy Williams is going to get paid this offseason. Uh he's been the Jets best linebacker on the team this year. So a lot of these players are going to have to get paid, and the Jets I think have thirty-eight million or forty-one million. Yeah, uh, I think it's thirty-nine. Yeah, thirty-nine, yeah. but a lot of players are coming off. Corey Davis will probably come off in the yeah. off-season. There'll be certain players that are coming off the roster, so the Jets will have some money. They're going to have to pay their own players, and maybe they bring in a player, a veteran player here and there. But it, it, they're not going to be superstar players. They don't have right. the money to do that. Yeah. So, when we come back. We will be talking to our friend, former Falcons, Cowboys, Jets defensive tackle, Tony Casillas, here on the Sports Loud Mouths.
0: You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. This is the Sports Loud Mouths.
2: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Sports Loud Mouths. I'm your host, Daryl Marks, my co host. Speedy PD 631-672-3108 is the number. Go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows, our live shows throughout the week as we have some new shows game on that will be airing tomorrow with Josh Silverberg. We're adding some new shows in the new year, so definitely stay tuned. We've been around for nine years. Uh, we've we've had quite a few t- really good shows on our network that have moved forward in you know in the past and have gone on to bigger and better things. So we're happy to be here. And we have our first guest of the day. And we had him on last year, I think in the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. We are now talking to former Falcons, Cowboys and Jets, defensive tackle Tony Casillas. Tony, what's up, man?
0: I'm doing good, guys. Happy New Year! Happy, Happy New, New Year, ya, man!
2: And we—I've been following you on Instagram. You go to a lot of different places, a lot of events. You play golf. You—you you do so many different things, and you have two beautiful children, by the way.
0: Oh well, thank you. Absolutely. Uh, I owe that all to my wife, by the way. Oh, yeah. look
2: at you complimenting the woman. But how are now, you? How are you and your family doing from the whole COVID nineteen situation?
0: You know, we're doing great. You know, it's great to be able to kind of have some normalcy, and um, you know, it's. You know, it's starting off a new year and and really just uh, you look back in the rear view mirror and it's kind of hard to imagine the way, what we went through, that whole debacle when it comes to going through COVID. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's been a great year so far. Uh, And I just hope uh, 2023 is better than 2022 for not just our family, but your family and everyone else's family.
2: I had a lot of uh, craziness in 2022, so I I very much hope that 2023 is better (laughs) than 2022. Uh, But why don't we get into it? Obviously, the DeMar Hamlin thing was just yeah. shocking. Uh, we've, I've never seen that. I've been watching football for 30 years. I'm, I'm 40 years old, actually over 30 years. I think I started watching football when I was seven, so 33 years. I've never seen anything like that, and I think they said there was one out of 250 million chances that could have happened. So it, it's something that you've never seen before. Uh, what were your thoughts when you saw something like that on the football field?
0: Well, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I was watching the game with my wife and my son. My son's 22, and he played football, and obviously he knows about my career. and, And I was just, like everyone, it sent chills down my spine to see something like that transpire. I think more is just to see the reaction of the players and just the whole element, like, it was so quiet, you could hear a pin drop, and I don't think that that's unprecedented. We've heard, you know, every the last few days about the events that turn, and I, and I just know as a former player, you don't think about those things until you see one of your brothers on the field, whether it's from a concussion, which you're, you know, we've heard this, you know, people play former players, and during the broadcast, you know, wait for that sign, they're like, I'm good, and, and as far as paralysis and everything, and Uh, But to see that happen and really just a dawning moment for everyone. And, and I I think that that's kind of stops you in your tracks and just kind of makes everyone reevaluate how violent and how malicious the game can be. Although it wasn't a malicious hit, but just the, the risk that you take. And I just felt for him. I just felt for the people that had to, to watch that. And, you know, all of a sudden we're in this survival mode and, you know, I, I, think that that, I think that that was really the reality of the things that, won, uh, that unfolded is that as a player, a former player, whatever the case, current player, that you realize how risk uh, risky the risky the business of playing football is. And I'm just glad it just seems like he's trending to yes. he's getting better. We hear all these the stories. I think that's another thing, guys, is that there's so much unknown that we didn't know about and people just like anyone that – humanity is like, we just want to make sure the person is going to be okay. And at that point, uh, no one knew what the outcome was going to be. It was just, it was just something that's never happened. We've never seen that as like real, it was like watching a bad movie. Mm. And, um, it was very nightmarish. And again, it was just, you know, you know, when you have your son, think, you, you know, next to you asking dad, this really hits home to you. And I was like, yeah, it does. Because you, you know that, you know, what you go through and just the whole behind the curtain and the emotions and everything you go through. And you don't think about that. You don't, you think about maybe spraining an ankle, getting an ACL, concussions bad enough, but you don't think about someone giving you CPR and you fighting for your life. Yeah. He, he
2: was actually out cold for like six yeah. minutes. He wasn't breathing for six minutes. So exactly. I don't know. I don't know if he'll ever play football again. I, I mean, you could have brain damage. When you lose oxygen to your brain, a lot of different yeah. parts of your body might never work the same way again. But happy that he's alive. I heard that he, he was squeezing his family members' yeah. hands and his eyes were open. So those are all good signs. The doctor says he's trending very quickly uh, to be okay. So uh, these are all good signs. And I think the NFL, uh, I, I think the NFL did the right thing. I think they took too long. They to canceled the game. I, I think they they kept waiting and waiting. What were they waiting for? The guy almost yeah. died on a football field.
0: Yeah. I, I just think that that's kind of what we're used to seeing though. Right. And you know, as much as some of the, the NFL is not proactive and more reactive, I just don't really think, and, and look, I, you know, the, there's a lot of faults that you you know that you can, you know you can cast stones and you know and you know determine the what was the ba- the, the the best decision made but you know I, I just don't think anyone knew mm. because it was just something that we'd never seen before and and and, and look those players are going to go out in the field I I just know as a as a as a player my teammate or anyone just having to see that that tra- the trauma I just don't think your heart would be into going out there playing the game of football. I mean, these are, you know, that's humanity. Is it, you know, football players? Yeah. This, they have this bravado that, you know, they have this armor and they're not supposed to feel and have feelings and just, you know, you know, just very invincible, but something like that happens. I know as a player, that's the least thing you want to do is get your emotions up and get into game mode, knowing the, knowing that you don't know what's going on with uh, one of your teammates and, that's secondary. So regardless how long it took them, you know, but, you know, I understand the business of it. Uh, obviously, they made the right decision. And, uh, you know, now maybe we can move forward and continue and and really just kind of get back to normalcy, but get in the way we understand that this game is so violent.
1: Yes. Yeah. So a lot of the, the NFL has been criticized in the past, too, with the head injuries and other types of injuries and not really managing them properly, not giving. Oh, them no, exactly, without money. a doubt. Yeah. So, Agreed on. That. Yeah. is yeah. this another one of these cases where you think it will help further potentially giving them that kind of either insurance or guarantee I, money, better benefits?
0: You know, I think that there's some, the, you know, and that's the thing about the NFL. They react on what what happens. It, it doesn't. You know, everything is like kind of going the right lane, but once it gets out of the lane, it's like we're going to deal with it and knowingly that there's got to be something in place where there's uh, some type of preventative, you know, action, you know, if you will. And uh, I think that that's kind of what the NFL has been all about all these years. You know, through the concussions, through, you know, things like this, it's really just a a very, um, you know, as you mentioned, not the, 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 you know, this, the chances this happened is minuscule, but the other things the NFL kind of like shuts away and they just kind of avoid it uh, is another thing when you come to head trauma, and the long-term deal, but um, you know, you just, the, the thing about it, it's amazing how it gets people's attention. We all, I'm sure you guys have talked about this on your show, but you know, Demar Hamlin had this, this this toy drive set up for underprivileged kids. Twenty five hundred dollars was the last where his, the, don- the donations were. Now it's like six or seven million dollars and and ongoing. So that's the human spirit behind it. But I think the NFL they need to get behind the human spirit of the the long term and how the game affects players and really the mental health of it. I mean that's something that's talked about a lot. It's it's vogue to talk about the mental health of it and how it affects and, you know, something like this happened, uh, not to expect our, your players. So this is okay. Let's go warm up in five minutes and let's go play. No, no, no. It's not like that because this is kind of a lingering effect. So, uh, unfortunately it takes things like this to happen to maybe get people's attention, but you know, this is an anomaly. This thing has never happened and we've never seen it. Uh, you know, fortunately, we didn't have to see it. Someone losing their life in the game on yes. the field, which we experience it. Uh, and hopefully that's, you know, it looks like those things, are, we don't have to worry about that. But, I mean, this just reminds you how, again, how violent the game is.
2: We are talking to former Falcons, Cowboys, and Jets defensive tackle Tony Casillas.
0: You
3: know,
2: Tony, obviously with the DeMar Hamlin thing, the, the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals are not playing in that game. They've decided to... Uh, call it a tie, or maybe the Bills are going to take a loss. The NFL is still trying to figure it out. And now they're thinking about adding an eight seed. Uh, They're trying to maneuver the playoffs. And I know the NFL likes this because you're adding an extra game, which gives you extra revenue and extra money. And the NFL is all about making money. So if the NFL is all about making money, why aren't they helping the players union, helping some of these former athletes with the situation of no benefits and we we spoke to Brandon Jacobs yesterday and we we, we spoke to um, Chris draft Chris, Chris draft yesterday about um, the the fact that these players are not getting benefits for their lifetime after they retire from the game do you think that with the NFL adding all these extra games and with all the money and the proceeds and the endorsements that they're getting for the Super Bowl eventually they're going to figure out something the players union is going to figure out something to help these players
0: Well, I I just remember when I was an active player and I always thought I was never going to become a a guy in my 50s. And all I thought was about now and not about later. And knowing that what I know now and having to to live through that, that was nothing that was as a players are not really focused on that. And then I think really, if you understand, you go back to what the players kind of like pioneered where we are now. It's 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 one of the worst unions in in all the four sports, and you know the NFL concussion lawsuits that you know players file, and and it's not that you're trying to have like this money grab. I think the NFL with this whole type of uh, concussion lawsuits, they kind of wait you out. It's like we're going to wait until you're no longer here, and you know mm. just play hardball, and they got such deep pockets and. Yeah, I mean, they'll put programs in, in, in place, but it's so hard to navigate there and find them because you have to do all this, you know, searching. I mean, it's not like this website where you can go to and like, I want this and this and that. You have to navigate your way through it, Tony. And you pay for
2: Tony. Do you pay for benefits? Because Brandon Jacob says he pays twenty five hundred dollars a month just for himself in benefits. Do you pay for benefits? Well, I
0: mean, it just depends. You know, if you if you don't work and you have to pay, you know, self employment or you know, buy your pay for insurance out of your pocket. Yeah, I mean, there's something a vehicle in place, but it's going to come out of your pocket. Right. It's like it's not any. It's like anything different if you're self employed. You got to pay insurance for self-employment insurance. If you're if you have a job, your wife works or you work in a corporate job, you're gonna get benefits that covers you. But as far as like the NFL saying, okay, you're gonna have lifetime benefits, health insurance and everything, they don't cover that. That comes out of your pocket. The NFL does not give you anything, regardless if you think, you know, it's there's a point where you think, yeah, I'm entitled to that because I played Mm -hmm. uh you know, I, I played for this company and most companies once they retire they get lifetime long lifetime benefits but it's not it's something that doesn't come with the price. Mm. And that's what the NFL does to try to fool the public and you know try to you know fool themselves and um and it's it's ridiculous of where that has become. When it comes to that, I mean it's something that just really strikes a nerve with a lot of former players mm. because they don't do that. It's they're all worried about now. And as a as an active player, yeah, you're worried. You you don't really think about that until you get older, and then you know there's nothing in place. But uh, without a doubt, it's probably the worst unions in all the the four professional sports that we have in in, in uh, that are ongoing now.
1: So I want to shift gears because I uh, you played with him both in Atlanta and in Dallas, and that's uh, that's Deion Sanders. So uh, what was he like on and off the field? And now with uh, him going to Colorado, now taking over that head coaching job, getting a lot of transfers from that, what do you think about that whole experiment? That Man, I,
0: I think Deion Sanders is the best thing right now going for college football. Hmm. I think that he's, you know, while he was a player, he's an unbelievable athlete. I've never seen a guy that could play baseball Hit a home run, get on a plane, and come back the next day and run a kickoff back for a touchdown. I mean, he's just a freak athlete. Athlete, uh, as far as as far as his him being genuine and what he does and what he says, I think it's great for a former player to be this active and be able to have a, a, a head coaching job at a major university. That being the University of Colorado, and I think that he understands. I think he. He does things, he kind of bolts, puts things, yokes things together between being a former player and being a player that was in college and really the reality of it. But I think, I don't think, I think it's transparent. I don't think it's, it's a, I'm not going to say phony, but I think it's something that's very sincere. And I think he understands with the NIL and the transfer portal uh, that there are some demands. And I think in the Pac-12 that you have someone like Dion. I, I, I always say this. I, I play for Barry Switzer, and he's a tremendous recruiter. I think Deion Sanders is going to be the, you know, you look at some of the great recruiters in college football. Now with the NL and the transfer portal, I think he's going to reinvent that whole uh, new age of the Barry Switzers that can recruit in college football because he has that type of personality, sincerity. I mean, he's obviously, he's a very a tremendous motivator. And I think for me – he's sincere. And I think that a lot of players really understand the transparency of that because, you know, there's a lot of coaches that it's hard to the coach in college football because of the NIL, especially the transfer portal, because you know how long you're going to get these guys, you know, and you got to manage rosters. And, and I think it's good and bad. I think it's, it's great for the players to get paid without a doubt. Uh, but there's gotta be a commitment at least, you know, a year or two and, and I think Dion will get that just because I think he's sincere. And really, I think what he comes, what comes out of his mouth, which we all can sit here, we understand that sometimes if that's not true words. Uh, it's all about recruiting. But I think that he is, again, is very, very uh, charismatic and very good at the you know, talking and really uh, hitting home with some of these athletes. And I think that they really, uh, he's a communicator, and they really respond to that. And they think they, I think that comes a lot, uh, comes across as being really sincere.
2: We are talking to former Falcons, Cowboys, and Jets defensive tackle uh, Tony Casillas. and and I I like Deion Sanders. I like what he's doing. He almost lost his his foot a couple of yeah. years ago. Uh, I mean he 's been through so much stuff, and everybody says he owes Jackson state he doesn 't owe Jackson State anything he 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 went to Jackson State to help grow the program, he helped grow the program, he found you know some of the top players in the country to come and play at Jackson State, and now he decided he want to go to Colorado and, and try to build that program and I believe that in two, three years from now, if he does well in colorado he 'll go to miami he 'll go to florida state he will he'll he'll upgrade i don 't think he 's going to the nFL everything that i 've read about. Uh, Deion Sanders, he's never wants a coach in the NFL, but I-, I think the way he has built the coaching staff right now in Colorado, they- there are coaches on this Colorado team that could be coaches in NCAA or in the NFL right now. That's how good some of these college coaches that he's born on the offensive coordinators, the defensive right. coordinators. So I-, I love what he's doing. Tony, why don't we get into your Dallas Cowboys and the Dallas Cowboys right now? Uh, they have a pretty good record and everybody, Everybody's looking at their record. They're twelve and four, and if things fall the right way, they could actually be the number one seed in the NFC. Are you surprised that the Cowboys have been this good this year? And and do you think that the NFC East this year was really a wash because a lot of these teams in the NFC are are not really that good this year?
0: Well, I don't know. I think that it's it's great to see the NFC back because it's it, it you know we we've kind of experienced the last few years. It's kind of the been the NFC least right as far as the division and I think it's great I mean you have the obviously you got the Eagles you got the Cowboys you got the Giants Um, and I really think these last two games of the season coming down the wire are going to be pretty intriguing you got Washington playing Dallas and you got the Giants playing the Phillies so I think it's great for the the NFC conference I think there's still some things with Dallas that really doesn't really sell me and the fact that you know how real they're going to be, um, because um, what I've seen the last two or three weeks, it's like okay, well, when you're a really good team, you want to be trending where you're getting into playoff mode. This week is a playoff game, and you're playing for the NFCs, Philadelphia and Dallas. I mean, you win, you know, the Eagles lose, Dallas wins, they got you know they they win the NFC East, they get a buy from the play going into the playoffs, right? So I think it's. You know, it's up to both of these teams to see what they're made of. But I think Dallas, I as much as I've seen them over the last years, I'm not really all in. I why, think why aren't you have... all in?
2: Is it Dak Prescott? Because a lot of people no, are I, mean, I, I the don't. Bus.
0: I don't. I don't think. I think a lot of people. I think they give that Prescott a and, and I understand. He, they criticize him, and, and he hasn't been as good as you he'd wanted to be. I mean, he's you know he's thrown some binar- arenas with a lot of different some of his passes. And, so was Tony uh-huh. Romo.
2: So was Tony Pardon? Romo. So was Tony Romo. He, yeah, he couldn't you get know, over well, the hump. Yeah, he's
0: so got to go way back, you know, back in the 90s whenever the Cowboys on the bed last great quarterback, and that's Drew Aikman. Miserable mm-hmm. is what you do in the postseason play, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this now is like you're getting into that playoff mode where you can't make those type of mistakes. Right. And if you have a defense, and the defense has been a little vulnerable lately, against the <laughs> run and – so I think that you really have to be play very complimentary football. And I don't know. I think that, that it, to me, I think it's anyone's anyone's playoffs. I think if you get on run, uh, I think if you look at the 49ers, certainly the Eagles, you know, Jalen Hurst comes back. I mean, how good are they going to be? Uh, but I think Dallas and even the Giants, I mean, these teams win, they get hot. They have a chance to do some things. But when you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, you mentioned it, Jalen Hurts. You cannot make those type of throws because you play good teams. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna cash in on points, and you just can't make those type of plays in a really tight game. And and against, uh, you look at against the Texans, certainly against Tennessee, mm-hmm. hasn't been the best uh, outcome. Uh, I mean, they won the games. Dak's been able to come back and overcome some of his mistakes, but uh, both sides got to play. They have to play, and, and I think that's the problem with, with Dallas. It seems like they haven't been on the, the being able to compliment each other. There hasn't been a consistency, and I think that that's, to me, I, you need to see that, especially to be able to make a run.
1: In the NFC playoffs, So, which team are you most afraid of in the NFC, matchup-wise for the Cowboys? Um, I really don't.
0: I, I think Philly with Jalen Hurts is definitely a, a, a tremendous test. But you still got to get Lane Johnson back. You got to get some of their, their, their you know, main players back. Uh, I think it's going to, I think it'd be Philadelphia. But the Giants are playing well. I'm surprised. A lot of
2: people have been throwing Daniel Jones under the bus. Daniel Jones had a, a, a superior year. And everybody says, well, what do you mean by superior? He's one of only three quarterbacks this year that have thrown over 3,200 yards and ran 600 yards. So, I, I mean, I, I like Danny
0: Don. I he think so he's hard. done a tremendous job when you got a new coach, uh, you know, they can run the football, they got a great their defense is playing well. And I think that's another thing going on these playoffs, and that's something I mentioned the Cowboys is that as much as the great player of Micah Parsons is, I mean, there's been some they've been prone to give up some big plays, and I think it's you know, defensively you have to really be really good. You have to be consistent. And uh I, I just think when you have the Giants, you have the Cowboys, and they kind of play that gritty football, the Giants, who's going to be the most consistent. I love the way the NFC is. It reminds me back when it was all four teams were just battling each other. It was a dogfight. I mean, they were, let's get it on. And it has a lot of resembles, resembles a lot of that uh, in the past.
2: Are, are you surprised when you look at the 49ers and even the Green Bay Packers, if they could sneak in? And right now, if they add an eighth seed, the, the Green Bay Packers make the playoffs. Uh, when you look at the quarterback play of Aaron Rodgers, and he's never gonna he's not going to play a home game this year, so he's not going to have to play in the snow. He's not going to have to play in the cold. If you look at all these NFC teams, they're mostly dome teams or hot-weather teams. Do you think that this could benefit Aaron Rodgers moving into the playoffs?
0: Well, I mean, anytime Aaron Rodgers gets hot, I mean, look out. And I think that that's, you look at these teams that get on these runs and, you know, teams that have won seven straight games. And, you know, you look at the 49ers and, yeah, yeah, I I don't, I, I think that it really doesn't matter at times. I think sometimes it's, it's whatever element you're used to playing. But I think if you're really, if you're good, you're good. And I think when you have someone like Aaron Rodgers, it's this guy that, feeds off that feeds off adversity people like saying okay well we counted you out but just let me get in the playoffs let me get on a run let me win one game and then let's go to the other one and then next thing you know look back and you know they're in the, in the nfc championship game anytime you have a player like that is so polarizing, is so good that really has been there and done that then that's that's a typical difficult task and you can't ever count those guys out in the 49ers to me with the Brock Purdy. I mean, that kid, I watched him at Iowa state and he looks like just a carbon copy of what he did he was in college and their defense, man. is just, is, is just amazing. I mean, they just beat you up. I mean, they got tremendous players on that team. And, and I really think, I mean, you know, it's not sexy. But we know going to playoffs, you got a great defense, man. You can live and die by them.
2: Before we let you go, Tony, uh, who do you have going to the Super Bowl this year? If you look at all the teams that you mentioned, the 49ers, the Green Bay Packers, the Cowboys, and obviously the AFC you have Buffalo, Kansas City, the Bengals. I mean, you have three really dominant teams on the t- both divisions are very top heavy, but I think the AFC has more talent. Who do you th- who do you think is going to the Super Bowl this year?
0: Man, I tell you what, that's a great question. I mean, I love Kansas City, I love Buffalo. I think it's a great store of Hamlin and will it have this, you know, added incentive and those guys to go play out for the guy. I Man, I'll tell you what, I like Cincinnati. I think mm-hmm. Cincinnati, that's a team again, they've won seven straight, I think six or seven straight games. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow. I mean, they're good. Um, but I, I, I really like, I like Cincinnati and honestly, I like the 49ers. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you ask me who my one, I one a team is, I like the Eagles. Um, and, but You know, that's my opinion. But certainly, I think, uh, you know, what I've seen, and and I think it's all based on what you see in the last three or four weeks of the season. And really, there's a lot of merit that goes with with that Mm -hmm. because it's all about where you're, you know, are you healthy? And we've seen how you guys playing? I mean, the healthy, you look at all these teams, it's only like one player away, and then it can change the whole outcome.
2: We've seen but, six seeds actually go right to the Super Bowl and win. Uh, in 2010, Aaron Rodgers did it. The Giants yeah. did it as a six seed, as a wild card team. So we have seen wild card teams win and go all the way to the Super Bowl and win it. So
0: absolutely, brother.
2: So we could see it. But Tony, thank you for your time. As always, we'll get you on a lot quicker than we did from last year. But uh, you're great. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, all the stuff that you do, all the events that you go to, and you have a beautiful family. Keep up the good work, my friend.
0: Well, hey, I appreciate you guys having me on it again. Happy New Year, brothers. Absolutely. Happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year. Uh, All right, we, man. We were just Thanks to, for absolutely, me. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Uh, we were just talking Falcons, Cowboys, Jets, defensive tackle Tony Casillas. When we come back, we will be talking to, yeah, uh, I would say a pol- politician uh, of some sort. Uh, we will be talking to former Browns, Lions, and Patriots cornerback Lee Bodden, our friend, when we come back here on the Sports Outs.
0: It is it, the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Radio, Network. Radio Network. This is the Sports Loudmouths.
2: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to the Sports Loudmouth. 631-672-3108 is the number. You can go to our website at www.worldwidesportsradio.com. Check out all our shows live throughout the week. The Sports Loud obviously, obviously mine and Speedy show, every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 p.m. Uh, shout out to uh, Tony Casillas. He was fantastic, as always. And uh, we have another return guest. It's been like a... Football player week. Yes. I guess you could call that because yesterday we had Brandon Jacobs on and his son, Braden Jacobs. And we had, um, uh, I'm sorry, um, Chris Draft. Chris uh, Draft, ex-NFL player, 12-year veteran. And then uh, today we had Tony Casillas. And now we have our second guest. We are now talking to former Browns, Lions, Patriots cornerback, Lee Bodden. Lee, what's up, man?
3: Nothing much, man. How you doing?
2: We're good, man. And I, I know... Uh, you've been very, very busy over the last past year. Uh, you know, obviously fighting for an office uh, in politics. Uh, it's great when you see an NFL player, an ex NFL player. We, we Herschel Walker was doing it, and, and now you're doing it. So I, I love that you're trying to help, you know, yeah, politic. You know, the politic world and 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 help different states. Uh, you know, move forward. It, it, you know with with all the different things that are going on in the world. So, uh before we get into that, how are you and your family with the COVID-19
3: situation? Um, we all good. Um, you know, shit, it's just me, so I'm good, man. COVID it's a virus, so, you know, what I mean, I live kind of differently, so the virus won't affect me.
1: Mm.
2: Well, I like the sneaker collection in the back. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate I,
3: it, man. I, I'm a sneaker
2: collector, too, man. But uh, I don't have them in those fancy boxes, but uh, I, yeah, I can no, see. That's
3: just, that's just a little display I had really? made a long time ago, man. When I was with the Browns, like, shit, this was like 2006 when I did this. Mm. 2007 somewhere.
1: Lee's coming for our friend Antoine Harris that has a sneakerhead company. <laughs> I've been trying
2: to, you know, reach out to Antoine, so... He, he's you know every time he comes on the show he's like oh I have a bunch of sneakers that you'd be interested in and I I keep forgetting to reach out to him but uh, we're not talking about Antoine we're talking about Lee
3: yeah I don't buy no shoes no more though anyway yeah. I don't need I got enough
1: yeah you got a nice display though you do <laughs> appreciate really
3: nice. it
1: man so uh, I wanted to ask you just about the whole the whole experience with the with the election process uh, you were running for uh, county executive. Uh, County executive in uh, Maryland, Prince George. So what were some of like the the processes that you, like, you didn't expect to happen going through all that? And, and how was that whole process doing it for about a
3: year? Yeah, what I didn't expect to happen was like, you know, kind of some illegal things. Mm-hmm. People taking down my signs. Oh, uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was a little wild. Um, you know, I was trying to run commercials, ads on, like, you know, television ads on- uh Radio. Smart devices. Mm. Like, they kind of, you know, well, I mean, they, they just kind of slowed my process up. Right. You know, kind of not emailing me back, mm. you know, in the amount of time that I, you know, I should get an email. So, it was just a lot of just crazy things that you wouldn't think would happen, but, you know, those television shows and- movies, it's all kind of real, man. You know, they kind of do some crazy things mm-hmm. in politics. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I, I I believe it. They'll do anything
2: to put your name in, in the dirt.
3: Yeah, They'll and for always them do to obviously win. I mean, it's a it's a game. To mm-hmm. be honest, it's just like football, right? They're trying to win, and they're going to do whatever it takes to win. I mean, look at the Patriots when they got caught cheating. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. people just try to win. Any advantage that they can have, they Take it, man. And so,
1: and Josh McDaniel was... leaves the Patriots. She caught cheating in Denver. <laughs> Hold on, Lee. The, the Patriots <laughs> claim they weren't cheating. So, and that's right. why
2: nobody actually got a chance to see those videos because Roger Goodell just decided to uh, torch those videos before anybody could see it. And so. that
3: happens in politics as well. Yeah, you know, like the the powers that be, the higher ups, they'll do whatever it takes to cover things up. To again, uh, the opposition get rid of them, try to beat them at any cost. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's just how it goes mm. It's like cutthroat because it's like at the end of the day, you're dealing with a lot of money, a lot of power, um, a lot of decisions, right? And they don't want to relinquish that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? We are talking to former Browns
2: Lions Patriots cornerback Lee Bodden. Lee, the last time when we had you on the show, we, we spoke about the butt fumble. You were there. You actually had an interception in that game. Uh, you played a big part of that win when the Patriots won and beat the Jets. But we look at the Patriots this year, and the Patriots have not looked good. Mac Jones, who had a very good rookie season, really has not looked good this year. He actually almost lost his starting job to a backup quarterback, a sixth-rounder, even an undrafted quarterback. So – Are you surprised that Bill Belichick couldn't get this team moving in the right direction? And they're one win away from making the playoffs, even with the season that they had. Are you surprised that they they have a chance to still make the playoffs?
3: No, I'm not surprised. Obviously, Bill is a great coach. So no matter what it looks like on the outside, he has things under control and he knows what he's doing. He feels like he's doing what's best for the team. And – I mean, but we all see, like, not having an offensive coordinator, Mm -hmm. uh, how that affects the quarterback and affect just the game, you know, pretty much. So um, sometimes, you know, mad geniuses fuck up, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? (laughs) Mm -hmm. So it's like you just got to kind of regroup. But, you know, he, let's just say he messed up. But look what position he's still in, kind of trying to figure things out. You know, he just didn't hire a. Anybody on the outside, anybody you know, of any offensive uh, mind. Mm-hmm. So he just, you know, it's like MacGyver. He putting shit together. You know what I mean? <laughs> he so is,
2: it is pretty crazy,
3: yeah, right? I mean, so it's crazy, but um, I think that's what they got to do is like tackle that, obviously. And and Bill knows it. I'm sure. You know, if he want to win, he gonna have to get an old coordinator. You know, a good offensive coordinator like Bill O'Brien. Bill O'Brien, yeah, I mean, he's he's still out there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but we've seen what the Patriots can do with a good offensive coordinator and a good offensive line coach. That's vital as well.
1: So you also played a year in Detroit as well, and uh, they're yeah. – Again, it's going to be hard for them to make the playoffs, but still got a shot at that one well, and 16. Well,
3: if they
2: beat the Green Bay Packers, they're in. Even if they lose – No, because Seattle
1: has to lose too.
2: Yeah, but if the – if let's say Seattle, who's Seattle playing this uh, week? The Rams. The Rams. And, and honestly, I don't, I don't know if the Seattle Seahawks are, are going to beat the Rams. You don't think so? No, I don't know. I, you, you, with football, you just don't know. Obviously, I mean, yes, you definitely don't know. No, so yeah, Seattle's a better team. I, I mean, obviously, but. I don't know if there's a guarantee.
1: Are they playing in, in Seattle? Or no, they- they're at LA. so, yeah, so. There's a, Again, there's a chance. But my question is pertaining to the Lions. We're waiting for this uh, this stretch of can they put consistent playoff scene, a uh, culture change together. Is this the guy, Dan Campbell? Is this the team you think that could maybe turn the tide for a team like Detroit?
3: Well, it's, it's looking like it. Um, I played with Dan Campbell mm. that year. And, I mean, he is who he is. What he's showing on television – that's who he is. That's what type of player he is. And you got to love that. You got to love somebody giving everything they got. You'll be right beside him or behind him or wherever he needs you to be. And so I think it is. I mean, this is, I believe, his second year. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh. So, and look where they are. We're talking about playoffs with them in his second year. So it's just continuing to climb the ladder uh, like he knows um, he has to do and get better in. Defense, right? I mean, the defense hasn't been that great. Um, And so it's just always things to improve. And Dan Campbell is a guy that's going to look to improve every single minute. We are. Talk- that's how he was as a player.
2: There's a couple of really, really good corners that came out of the draft this year. One on the New York Jets, Sauce Garner, who's been a beast. And then uh, Woolen, who he really came out of nowhere. He was a fifth or sixth round draft pick by Seattle. Seattle over the years have found these guys in the later rounds, and they've developed into pretty good players. What are your thoughts with some of these new and improved type of corners that you've seen get drafted in the last few years?
3: Man, I love to see it. I mean, obviously, that's the position I play, so watching those guys do what they do, do what I used to do because I can't do it no more. Mm. (laughs) It's always just uh, great to look at those guys. I mean, I don't watch football that much, Mm -hmm. but when I do, I always try to focus on, you know, the corner play and, and how those guys are playing because again, that was my position, but I love just the style they have and just the confidence that, you know, they have. I mean, we, we had guys that had the confidence. you got to have confidence playing corner, but, um, You know, I just love where they've come. I mean, Sauce is like, you know, 6'3". He's not even a big guy, um, you know, but slender, but it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? He just stays with the receivers and makes plays and agile. So I, I just love these new age corners. I love seeing people just live out their dreams, man, like I did.
1: So a lot of is made of these. Uh, the league wanting to be more with predicated on offense. We've seen a lot
3: of these rule yeah, changes that have really hurt these corners. So do you been, think it's too it's much? Been that way.
1: Yeah. Do you think Do you think it's too much, even the the extremes that they've done in recent Listen, years? Listen, back
3: w- back when I was playing, every single year we had rules like changes, and they used to always come every year talking about rule changes, and um, when I said when. I was listening to that every year. I was like, what is it going to become in 10, 20 years? You know what I mean? And it's become even more predicated towards offense. And it's difficult for a cornerback to play. A defensive guy to hit somebody. Uh, you're gonna get fined, you're gonna get a penalty, it's gonna hurt your team. It's just it's too much. Um, but obviously they're still doing what they're doing, uh, as the rules change, but I think they just got to stop it here. You know, at this point.
2: When you look at the NFL this year, and I, I before we get into the Demar Hamlin thing, because I want to know your opinion of what you saw on Sunday night. Um, you look at the game, the NFL, because of the Demar Hamlin thing. They might be adding an eight seed. Maybe it brings in more revenue this year, and maybe the NFL, <laughs> if it works out. Hey, you know what? We're going to bring in an eighth wildcard team. Why not? Because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of money involved with it. You're, you're talking about an extra $10, $15 million with endorsements and and uh, the enterprise that it is as an organization. Commercial. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you look at these teams, the Bills – Obviously, the Bengals, uh, the Jaguars that had a very good season. Are you surprised that the game has transitioned the way it has with the, the offensive style of the ball and in some of the defensive talent that we've seen come up over the last couple of years?
3: Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, just like you said, it's a it's a business at the end of the day. These guys are running a business. So they got to, you know, make money. It ain't really, uh, that's the that's the bottom line when you really think about it. The bottom line is the checks is the money. So look at, I mean, if you really care about players, I mean, keep playing more games isn't gonna benefit the guys from getting hurt. It's going to just increase another injury. And in the playoffs, guess what? Guys don't get paid the same amount of money. You ain't getting paid your salary. So now the owners are making way more money uh, revenue for the playoffs because they don't gotta pay the players um, I didn't even know that the same amount of money. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Um, so, but how I mean, when that, you when, that, when was... you see when you see what happened to the the kid, I mean, it was like a it was just a routine tackle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean, it's nothing you can take away from the game. You know, for um, that to not happen, you know what I'm saying? So, but the safety of the players, obviously, adding extra games ain't going. Be beneficial. Well, I have a question but for the playoffs. Is cool, I guess. You how do, how I mean?
2: do they? How do they figure out who gets what in the playoffs? If you're not getting the same salary, so how do they figure that out? You're the your best player, Tom Brady. What does he make more money because he's Tom Brady?
3: How does it, nah, how does it work? Every, the playoffs is the playoffs. You getting you getting everybody getting the same amount. It's just like preseason. Tom Brady ain't getting the big check. Mm-hmm. The big check only comes during the regular season. Like them so, them seventeen weeks now. So, 18 how much
2: weeks. do you make, you know, playing in the playoff game? How many how much does every single player To be honest,
3: I don't even remember, man. I ain't there. I just knew it wasn't the same amount right. that I got <laughs> it, of course it during the season. Right. Yeah, uh, plus plus so, it's a reward. Really but what I, team I don't makes. remember and obviously that was a long time ago, so the pay scale bumps up. So I don't I don't know, bro. Mm.
1: Yeah, plus it's gonna be added up from what they make with the stadium revenue and of all course. that stuff. So it's close to playoff games, yeah. God.
3: So, yeah. But I don't know how they calculate it and how they say how much a player gets. I really don't know. It's interesting.
1: Yeah, it I, I don't think there is a raw percentage of that. I think it's just based on the team revenue like you said with each team that makes the playoffs gets a certain amount so it would be able to boost it overall. So, um yeah, so my question is about the the situation with the with DeMar Hamlin and we know a lot of the NFL has been criticized a lot in the past for a lot of the way that they've handled former players and also handled on-field injuries and concussions and all that. So what do you think are some of the advancements that you think the NFL needs to make when it comes to maybe guaranteed money or the way they manage injuries?
3: (laughs) Man, they need to manage injuries way better and everybody sees it. And it's not just concussions. It's more, it's all, it's all the injuries. And then You know, and this is just one incident again, that you see, or even big incidents. There are smaller incidents that you may not even know uh, that occur. I don't know how they fix it. Obviously you just gotta take care like you just talked about, you just gotta guarantee the money. Pay, I mean, do something. Something has to change uh, because uh, an injury, like you can, you're done. One thing about, I had an injury right in 2004, I was on my rookie deal I got hurt half of my salary was gone Wow what job do you know that you get hurt on and then you get half your money right not many not many you you, you getting right workers comp something gonna happen right, right. they're not taking less. Out of your check, but that happened to me. Things like that. When you get injured, um, they just try to again push you to the side somehow, some way, or you know, uh give you less money, right? Mm-hmm. Just think about guys coming back from injury. Sometimes they'd be like, Well, is it gonna be the same player? We can't give them, you know, an, all this money now. So that's why guys fight to get more money. And so the money has to be distributed differently, and that lies with the NFL, the NFLPA, excuse me, the NFLPA, our Players Association gotta be the one to fight for more money for us and fight for uh, getting disabilities and you know things uh, even after football, mm. right? Cause I mean, who knows if handling gonna be able to play again? I mean, who knows? I, I probably- so, I would, and, and it's way more, yeah. uh, it's way more, right? Mentally, people are messed up. Physically, they're messed up. Um, And the NFL just got to do a better job of uh, compensating guys any way that they can. Any and every way that they can.
2: I don't know if DeMar Hamlin's ever going to play again. Remember, he stopped breathing for five or six minutes. So you're talking about no oxygen going to his brain. It could have affected certain body parts, limbs. You don't know if he's ever going to be 100% again. He is 24, so... Uh, he could recuperate a lot faster than maybe some of these older players, but something of that magnitude, he might never be the same again, and right. I don't know if he'll ever want to play again after experiencing something like that. That's scary. Uh, one out of 250 million t- chance that that could happen, and it happened to him, So, and we've never seen anything like that, but... We, we look at the game now, uh, and Lee, you look at right now the AFC and NFC. Are you surprised that the AFC is just more dominant than the NFC this year? Over the last couple of years, it, it really has been dominant NFC and, and weak AFC, but this year it's really... Surprisingly, the best division in the NFC has been the NFC East. Maybe because of the competition. Maybe because of the the NFC North isn't that good. The NFC South isn't that good. And the NFC West isn't that good. Are you surprised that the NFC has really taken a step back?
3: Um. Before I answer that, you said something previously, and I just wanted to say, just just matching with. What I said and why I brought it up, too, was because Hamlin, I believe he's, again, he's on his rookie deal. Mm -hmm. He was a six-round pick. He probably has the same contract I had, and so he probably gets a split if you get hurt. But now, I mean, the season is pretty much over, so. um, But just think about if it happened, like, in the middle of the season, you know, he's, on his contract, it said, if you get hurt, you are getting half your money, which is like, which is crazy. You get what I'm saying. So, compensate them. And now, you said the NFC yes. East,
1: mm-hmm.
3: right? Uh, am I surprised that the NFC East is what?
2: The NFC is uh, the oh. NFC East is really been dominant from the NFC. The NFC has been dominant by the NFC East, and oh, I'm okay. very surprised. I'm very surprised because. The NFC East, obviously the schedule was really, really easy. uh, But uh, the NFC North, where everybody thought the Packers were going to be uh, a dominant team this year, even though Aaron Rodgers didn't have any weapons and he didn't have Devontae Adams. The Vikings, everybody thought was going to be good. The Detroit Lions was moving up. Uh, The Buccaneers, everybody thought was going to have a better year than they're having right now. Um, And then the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Rams. Everybody thought the Rams were going to the Super Bowl again going into the year. So are you surprised the NFC is as weak as it has been this year?
3: You know, um, just every year, like a division is going to have usually three teams that are really, you know, in it like that. And you just never know what year it's going to be. Like you said, the scheduling. You know, they might have um, just a favorable schedule that year, the NFC East. Or, again, just teams aren't gelling like the Rams, like you talked about, the way that they gelled last year. So, uh, you know, football is just, uh, it's like revolving. Uh, I mean, a lot of the same teams stay up top, but you just never know year to year uh, what could happen. Obviously, the Patriots was a dynasty, but – um, it was always somebody that was rivaling them, or somebody on the other side, a, a different opponent. Uh, you know, we're we're waiting for them. So, um, you know, it's just I feel like the NFC East. I mean, they got the Eagles, the Cowboys, pretty good, right? Yeah. Pretty good quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and then, I mean, for Dallas, the guy stepped in and played well uh, when Dak was hurt. Yeah. Um, I know Washington kind of been up and down with their uh, offense, but Heineke was playing pretty damn good to to keep them, you know, um, in the hunt. But, the, I mean, obviously the, the AFC, though, I mean, you, you got the Juggernauts, the Cincinnati's, the Kansas City's, and the, uh, um, Buffalo. the Bills. Right. So my question
1: is: uh, was a debate of the players and we were having about a couple months ago was the grass versus the turf debate. A lot of players wanted to advocate to have the national grass field. So did you have a preference when you were playing in those different fields?
3: Absolutely. Grass all day long. Um, I mean, the turf is cool, but it's nothing like that natural grass, that natural plant. Um, Not saying people haven't, you know, had injuries – like ACLs or whatever, um, on the grass, but, um, you know, it's a little bit more give the ground is cause it's just, it's just a natural surface. So, um, and it's just probably keeping that up like stadiums and, um, teams are going to have to keep it up. Cause like Pittsburgh had one of worse damn grass fields. Cause Pitt was playing at it. High schools was playing at it. Everybody was playing at it. So it was just eating that grass up. So, you know, the maintenance has to be, where it needs to be. That's why they went to you know field turf because it was just a little better than AstroTurf. Uh and you know, it's just a blend between the two. But i me, preferably, I liked natural grass. Mm-hmm.
2: We are talking to former Browns, Lions, and Patriots cornerback Lee Bon. Before we let you go, Lee, uh, who do you got going to the Super Bowl? Who do you have winning the Super Bowl?
3: Man, uh, Just right off my head right now, I would say Kansas City and uh, Philadelphia.
1: Mm. Candy Reed against his former team.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that would be a crazy storyline. But, uh, again, it's hard. I mean, Josh Allen, you know, to go against him. But, I mean, he's had some kind of hiccups this year. Uh, I don't know if they get over the hump this year. I think Kansas City might because – Those are two quarterbacks that, man, when a game is in their hands and if it's in their hands, they're going to do whatever it takes to win. Mm. Um, And so that's why I would take them because, obviously, well, not every playoff game, but a lot of times they close games. And right when you have those quarterbacks that you can't really game plan for, right, they're going to pull something out of their hat. Um, Those are the two quarterbacks that I feel like can do it. The most,
1: I just want to mention too, uh, before uh, uh congratulations as well to your teammate, uh, your former teammate Joe Thomas, who's uh, one of the finalists for the Hall of Fame as well. And uh, I definitely think he should be a first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, absolutely,
3: man. Uh, his rookie year is 2007, I believe. Yep. That was my last year there in yep. Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a hell of a player, man. A hell of a person, too. He's in great to shape, be honest, man, he's dude. a real good dude, man. Um, but shit, yeah, great player too.
2: He's in great yeah. shape too. By the way, he he is in phenomenal shape for a guy that was playing at three hundred and five, three hundred and ten pounds. It's like now he's walking at one hundred and eighty pounds. He's got an eight pack. Uh, I
3: mean, this guy <laughs> so, is
2: a, built like an ox, man. He really is.
3: Yeah. So uh, different lineman Logan Mankins. Yeah. He was real. He was big, right? Somebody showed me a college video of him like dunking some crazy. So. Think about it. I mean, they were probably just tall, bigger athletes that – because me, I, I feel like offensive linemen are like the offensive cornerbacks mm-hmm. kind of. Think Because they're going backwards, right? They got to kind of, you know, uh, defend, right, mm-hmm. the quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. So nobody gets to the quarterback. So they got to defend and do it backwards. So they got to be pretty good athletes. And Joe Thomas was – pretty good athlete. That's yeah.
2: why all these offensive linemen are like from like the sticks. They're from right. Oregon, Arkansas, they're wrestlers. I, I've heard so many stories. Now they have the Hawaiian guys now
3: right. uh, from Hawaii. And they, they just start eating a lot. Yes. <laughs> and then, But they're still athletic.
2: Honestly, it's a crazy. whole offensive line should be built from sumo wrestlers. That's what they should. Because <laughs> what do sumo wrestlers do? They push. Right? Right. And am I right? All five players, including the center, should be sumo wrestlers. You'll never be able to get the quarterback. <laughs> You'll never be able to get to the quarterback.
3: No lie, man. They got to be good going backwards, though. So you got to uh, still be a man, special man. type of person, man. Look at those guys. You know, They're special type pounds. of athlete. Just because you're big and agile, you could go forward. Some people can't <laughs> be big and agile or just agile and going backwards. Maybe yeah. maybe, maybe so. in Errol's parallel,
1: uh, sumo wrestler football universe, you'd be blitzing more often than covering, and then the defensive lineman would drop back. <laughs> but here, Lee Potting, uh, Lee, how, how tall are you? 5'10, 6'1? 6'1.
2: 6'1. Okay, you're 6'1 and about, let's say, Two hundred and five pounds, right?
3: Uh, I used to play at one ninety five.
2: One ninety five, okay. Yeah. And you have a sumo wrestler, uh, and they're all five five sumo wrestlers that are about four, almost four hundred pounds, very athletic. You've seen those sumo wrestlers, and they'll push forward. How the hell are you getting to the quarterback? No, because because you got
3: moves, bro. Right. You got moves. You got spin moves. You got you know, uh, rip throughs, all that. You know what I'm saying? Like. You can get past those guys. It ain't like, you know, they're going to go 100% just blocking you. You no, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because, listen, their advantage is that. My advantage is going to be, right, the quickness, right, the lateral quickness. Mm. And the speed and the hands and um the juke. You know what I mean? So you're going to be able to, you're going to find somebody right. that's going to be able to rival them. You know what I mean? So it's it, that's just the nature of life, man. It's the nature of athletic sports and in right. the way sports
2: yeah. is, has changed. And you look at football, you look at hockey, baseball, even basketball. These kids are more athletic when they come out of high school now and college uh, than they were. But I, I thought, you know, and I'll go back to it, the 90s, you know, with the 90s game when it comes to basketball and hockey, it was so much better than it is today. Not because of the not because of the, the speed that it you know the game is played, but really the talent that you know, you saw in, in those times—the Wayne Gretzky's, the Mario Lemieux's, the Brett Hulls, and all that—and even in the '90s with the quarterbacks. Uh, I mean, Tom Brady came in the 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 end of the '90s, you know. And, and we're talking, yeah, yeah you, you you talk about some of the the great '90s quarterbacks—the Joe Montana's, the Steve Youngs, the Dan Marino's, John the John Elway's. I mean. You're talking about elite quarterbacks, some of the greatest quarterbacks we've ever seen to play the game. So, and Tom Brady, obviously, which everybody says is the greatest to ever play the game. So, okay. Brett Favre, before he started stealing money, <laughs>
3: mm. and we got, or um, well, sending
2: pictures of his, you know yes. what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good old Brett. You know,
3: but uh, you got great quarterbacks. You got Drew Breeses. You got the uh, again, like you said, Peyton Manny's, Aaron Rodgers is still playing. You still have those greats that played as well uh during the 2000s
2: um Yeah, they were good quarterbacks, no question. But, but I
3: think I mean you, you don't think th- these are these are legends that I just named. Like, yeah, they're Drew legends. They they they're, they're, they're Aaron legends. Yeah. But
2: just imagine Steve Young, Joe Montana playing in the, the rules of these days. Could you imagine oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I, John, John I Elway that. playing in, in the way the quarterbacks could do whatever they want? I mean, in those days, in the '90s, the corners can hang on you,
3: right? You know exactly. What I mean? Back in the day, yeah, yeah. And it's a little free now, and yes. then back shoulder fade and all that. Mm-hmm. You know, that won't ride when you, you know, when they can allow or not can, but when they allow defensive backs to put their hands on them and be physical, you know, right. kind of throughout the route and all mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah, no, those quarterbacks would. Like you said, I'm sure that their numbers will be astronomical. You know, if if not, you know, better than the ones that are playing today. Hmm.
2: Lee, we really appreciate you as always. We'll get you on again. Uh, you're fantastic. Keep up the good work. Uh, but listen stay away from the politicians man i mean hey man listen
3: that's that's what run the world bro no. that's what run that's I know. what makes you do what you do i know so i, I want to be able to change the world a little bit I, man right. you so know the what, world is messed up
2: go work for a new, new president whoever that is you know I, I hopefully it's not biden but uh you know
3: well shit i mean <laughs> and it's it's a possibility but uh politics is that that's what runs the world man and who doesn't want to run the world? Who doesn't want to have a say-so in the world?
1: You know what I'm saying? Just remember, so, gotcha. just remember the the uh, the idea for the hashtag that I gave you last time you were on the show. was hashtag, What was it again? Hashtags leadership, put the way you spell your name.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I might have to use that next time. Yep. Just you remember, should. You just, should.
1: Remember, just remember, you could, you could definitely push that leadership.
3: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Man. Lee,
2: keep up the good work. We'll talk to you soon, bud.
3: All right, man. Appreciate y'all. We
2: were, talking, we were just talking to Browns, ex-Brown Lions and Patriots cornerback Lee Bodden. Fantastic guy, as always. Uh, this was the second time he's been on the show, and, and he's got a good personality. Uh, it's a shame, but I know he wants to rule the world, but why? Why would you want to go into politics? I, I mean, it's it's crazy right now what the world is turning into and transitioning into. And with everything that's going, over, going on overseas right now and... Uh, Russia and, and everything over there. So why would you want to get into the politics where, the, you know, you put yourself at risk? Uh, you heard what he said. Mm-hmm. Uh, people no, no, are vicious.
1: Was, oh, no, they definitely are. There's no question. They're this. ripping out his signs. <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, making them look bad oh, on national TV yes, and radio. But... I mean, I, I listen... You're making a commercial, and then somebody puts out a commercial about you and then is saying false things about you, making things up.
1: Oh, yeah. And they I, don't I, even
2: know who you are.
1: No, it, it, I mean, I
2: would be pissed off if I'm sitting there watching something on national TV, and all of a sudden a commercial comes up about me, and, and these people don't even know who I am. and the lies, so how would you how would you like it if you're sitting there and you're, you're you're hanging out with your kids or hanging out with your family and then some stupid fucking politician thing comes up and and pisses you off?
1: Well, yeah, a lot of it with the commercials now are just to drag down the other candidate more than actually promote yourself. And it would piss me off. It's, it's kind of annoying the way they do it now, but uh, hopefully he does he does well with uh, he was he's running in uh, Port, Port, Prince George's County in Maryland. So wishing him all the best of the success in his uh, his campaign and hopefully uh, he's running again. Uh, but we'll we'll see. He was doing county executive last year, and uh, we'll see how he how he ends up doing down the road. But uh, he was uh, again. He if he wants to spread a message, change the world. Uh, we wish him all the best in doing that.
2: Hey, listen. If, if he thinks politics are the way he wants to go, I'm not going to fight him. But I think it's to me a former NFL player. Uh, to me, it's the devil getting into politics. It puts you in a position where, I uh, you know, I, I just I find it to be you know, uncomfortable doing stuff like that. So, I don't know. Can I buy a commercial on the World Wide Sports Radio Network? He's, he's a piece of work, man. He really is. So, why don't we get back into it. Uh, the Dolphins GM, uh, the, the Dolphins ownership uh, said that if GM Chris Greer and Mike McDaniels could be, they could be on the hot seat if they lose against the Jets on Sunday. Now, I will say this. The Dolphins... I don't know who the starting quarterback's going to be. It doesn't look like it's going to be Tua. Uh, they brought in Mike Lennon off of waivers. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know if he's starting in the game. Uh, probably is. If they're starting Mike Lennon, they're in a lot of trouble. Even with the Jets, Mike White or even Zach Wilson. Those two quarterbacks are better than Mike Lennon. So, uh, it... it they're putting themselves in a position to fail. The we were talking about the Miami Dolphins being possibly the number one seed in the AFC East mm-hmm. about a month uh, a couple of half weeks ago, ago. I thought they could win the division. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, they they were they were looked at as one of the more dominant offenses in the NFL, and now all of a sudden, Tyree Hill is and hasn't been one hundred percent healthy. Uh, Jalen Waddle hasn't seen the ball enough. And you're seeing the difference of what this team is, and they don't. A team that likes to run the ball, you know, last two weeks haven't run the ball enough. So I think it's a huge problem. And the Dolphins, you know, they added uh, to the defense at the trade deadline. They they traded from to the Broncos. Bradley Chubb, Bradley Chubb, and Bradley Chubb has played well, but he hasn't played uh, for what they gave up for him. You know, so. I mean, when you sit at the you sit at the table right now, and you're wondering if Miami loses out and they don't make the playoffs, are are, are they willing to to fire a coach that is in his rookie season? I like Mike McDaniel's. I think he's a good coach. He's a good young co- uh, coach. I just it worries me when when a team like the like the Miami Dolphins over the last two years are, are, could fire two coaches. And and then to go into the off season where they're going to be looking for another one. And I know everybody says, well, they could be looking at Jim Harbaugh. They could look at you know maybe uh, um, uh, one of these other coaches get fired, one of the top elite coaches. Maybe um, a Sean Payton right. uh, of of some kind. But they tried to
1: tamper for already,
2: <laughs> you know. So I don't know where um, the Dolphins are going to go in the offseason. I think they should give Mike McDaniel's at least another year, yeah, and, for sure. and 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 if Tua is not going to be one hundred percent healthy, they find a good backup this year, going into the off season, or maybe they go after Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, he trains out in Miami. Maybe uh, Baltimore and Miami make a trade, and That'd be interesting. trade yeah. Tua, and maybe maybe somebody else to. Baltimore for Lamar Jackson. Lamar doesn't want to be in Baltimore, it doesn't seem like. He's not signing the extension. He's probably getting franchised this offseason. So Sean Payton is a guy that I I like. I I think he's going to have his pick of the litter. I think he wants to go to L.A., and I think if if the Chargers become available or the Rams become available, it seems like McVay will be there next year. Now, if the Chargers get eliminated in the first round, they could fire their coach. So I'm interested to see uh being that Sean Mc, uh, Sean uh, Sean Peyton is available this off season where he could go or maybe he decides to sit again he likes doing the press he likes obviously doing the broadcasts and he doesn't have to leave you know the value of his home when when he's sitting there on a desk so I do believe Sean Payton will coach again, just as much as I believe Jim Harbaugh will coach in the NFL. I just I wonder if it's going to be this year or next year.
1: Yeah, I think, starting with Mike McDaniel, it would be an utter mistake if they fired him, because I think he's done a lot of good things with his offense this year, and I think a lot of the games they've lost have not been his fault. I think a lot of the a situation is why they're looking at it, but I think the front office really deserves more blame than he does when it comes to that. They really mismanaged it in so many ways, just handling the injury, the injury issues, and covering up the concussion protocol. Now, again, they got investigated, and it turned out to be not as illegal as we were expecting. But still, the way they handled it, I think, is more in the front office and with Greer and also with the ownership, too. Steven Ross and that whole celebrity ownership, really. It's a bad look. And sometimes you let your egos get in the way sometimes, too. And that's, I think, the thing that's holding back the Dolphins really growing into that team, because they have a lot of talent now. And I think they have a coach that's really good for the modern era of football. They haven't had that for a while. I thought... Bro- and Sean Payton
2: is, he still own; they still, the Saints still own the rights to Sean Payton. Yes, they do, Keith, and... And again, going in this offseason, they're probably going, teams are probably going to have to give up at least a second round and maybe a fifth round draft pick to get Sean Payton. There are teams out there that will do absolutely that to get Sean Payton. Sean Payton could change the outlook to your team and your organization. I think Sean Payton is going to go to a team where he could be semi GM, AK coach. That's where I think he is going to go. Now, Arizona could be a very interesting spot. They have yeah. Kyler Murray over there. Arizona could be firing their GM in the offseason. Um, Kingsbury could be gone. It seems like him and Kyler Murray are, are not getting along behind closed doors. If you're watching hard knocks, it doesn't seem like they are. And that's why Kyler and Kyler Murray tore his ACL. So uh, somewhere like Arizona would be a good place for a guy like Sean Payton. One, they got the draft stock. Two, they have a good young team and they still have a good young quarterback that we've seen Sean Payton coach. You know, small quarterbacks, aka Drew Brees, that are you know become elite quarterbacks in you know in the NFL you know, from history. So, right. I, I I think that it, it's a very interesting thing going into the offseason when you see a guy like Jim Harbaugh's name getting waved out there or uh, uh, Sean Payton's name get waved out there. And there's quite a few other uh, coaches that could be available this offseason, not in college, but even in the NFL that we haven't. Caldwell hasn't been hired. Yeah. Maybe uh, Jim Caldwell could be. I don't know why he ever got fired from Detroit. Right. Uh, he had a winning record, but maybe they bring back Jim Caldwell. Maybe he gets a coaching job. Uh, Josh McDaniels could be fired in the offseason in his first year. I don't know why he's keeping his job. So there's a lot of what ifs and, and I think there'll be at least four or five jobs that are going to be available this offseason where some of the you know some of these coaches that we just mentioned could
1: go to those organizations. Yeah, it just seems like for Miami though, they've been stuck in wanting to be uh they want to be this flashy team all the time when they're finally actually building something modern and I just don't think it the right time. I know Jim Harbaugh, he might Go bounce back and do well in the NFL. I'm, I'll give him the chance to do that. Sean Payton is never was never bad. He was always a great offensive mind. But again, the Dolphins have something sustainable finally, and I don't know why they would try to back out on it just for the flash. I, I'm not saying Mike McDaniel's a better coach than Sean Payton or maybe if Jim Harbaugh comes back to that form, but you have something sustainable that you saw a franchise quarterback at Tua when he is on the field really grow. It just would make no sense for them to do it right now. And I think they finally have some kind of stability to beat like, – I guess you could say, trusted as a franchise, which they haven't had in the past, too. I always I said the same thing about the Browns last year, too. The Browns have all this talent that their ownership, ego, all that stuff gets in the way. There were still kind of drama. And the Dolphins, I think, are in that same boat where they haven't been able to take that leap because of that yet. And I think it would be a grave mistake if they fired McDaniel. I'm not crazy about Chris Greer, but I think the Chubb trade was good. And I think some of the offseason moves they made in the past have been good with their later round picks. I just don't think he's drafted well in the first round. I think that's the only thing that's held him back.
2: Oh, and I agree with you. And I think when you look at the big picture and there are two really big names out there, we would just name Peyton and and Harbaugh. They could be, and who knows, maybe Baltimore decides to uh, part ways with their uh, Jim Harbaugh's brother, right. and he could be on his way out. So there's a lot of a lot of positions that could be open this off season. And we heard San Francisco's defensive coordinator could be one of the lead guys to oh, what's his name again? I'm sorry, play for the Patriots. Um, the defensive coordinator for the San Francisco the De- ers DeMeco Ryans DeMeco Ryans could be the hottest player yeah. I mean the highest hottest coach available going into the offseason it's not Jim Harbaugh it's not Sean Payton it's DeMeco Ryans because of what he's done with the San Francisco 49ers defense so mm-hmm. um so it'll be an interesting offseason and if and whenever one of these uh positions open up it'll be interesting cuz we we already know Arizona positions <laughs> it's going to be open yeah the saints <laughs> Position should uh, be could yeah. could be open too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Atlanta's position could be open as well. Right. I mean, there could be quite a few coaches. Uh, I, I'll tell you this: the Texans are definitely going to be looking for a new coach this offseason. Yeah. So uh, hiring, what's his name again? Lovey Smith. Lovie Smith. Yeah. He he was only for a one or two year situation. Right, I, I do feel believe, bad for him. Yeah, I, I think they're I I think they're going to move on from Lovey Smith. So there's there's going to be positions opened. This this offseason in the NFL, and it's going to be very interesting because when I I hear that the Jets could part ways with Robert Sala because he's not getting along with Woody Johnson, I, I, I just don't see that
1: happening. I really don't. That's uh, got to say thing with the Dolphins like at what point do you realize if you're an owner you can't let your ego
2: take over. We've seen the Dolphins do this before. I know. So it's not, we haven't seen the Jets do this. They hire a coach in one year and they fire him.
1: No, no, not like that but we've definitely seen Woody Johnson and Chris Johnson try to have their egos on the team. Todd
2: though. Bowles got fired after three years. Three years,
1: yeah, right. But again, that's what I'm saying with a lot of these ownerships. Same thing I think with the Raiders too. Like the Raiders, their interim coach that got into the playoffs last year should at least get another chance. No, they bring in Josh McDaniels. It's one thing if you they brought in Sean Payton or they brought and Biannimi or something like that. No, they tried Josh McDaniels. There is no
2: way. It doesn't seem like anybody's going to hire Eric Biannimi.
1: No, I know that. It's it's crazy. It it really is
2: crazy. Maybe he doesn't interview right, but the guy is a mastermind when it comes to offense and stability. When you look at Kansas City's stability offensively, yes, they have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and some of the weapons they've had over the years, but uh, you look at who they are as an organization and and what – The enemy has done offensively with Andy Reid's offense in the last three or four years has been remarkable because we've seen the other offensive coordinators that have uh, eventually left Kansas City and and received jobs, a.k.a. Chicago and all different places. They failed as NFL coaches. Uh, And and we've seen this. You know, the trees of some of these coaches, they fail. Bill Belichick's tree has been horrible over the years. Bill Parcells, obviously, was probably the best tree we've ever seen. Bill, I mean, not Bill Bill Parcells. You had Bill Belichick. You had uh, Peyton. You had uh, Tom Coughlin. You had all these guys. And now the new tree that everybody keeps talking about is the Kyle Shanahan tree Mm because you have Sean McVay, McDaniels, O'Connell, all these guys, uh, you know, obviously robert sala they're all coming from that tree of coaches that from from that particular organization so uh, it's interesting. It uh, really is.
1: Uh, Keith also says that the play calling for Miami the past few weeks has been terrible and I would give yes. the Miami coaches another year. I absolutely would too. I, I, Again, it just wouldn't be surprising considering how their ownership is, especially since there's a lot of celebrities in that front office for they to be able to do that if, because somebody flashy is there. We already saw them try to tamper for Sean Payton and Tom Brady as it was, so it wouldn't be surprised if they tried again with that, if, the, if that's the approach they're going. And if that's the case, McDaniel should get a job somewhere else. I think he did it a very well enough to job to be able to do that. Maybe he goes to one of the teams that has another vacancy, too, like in Arizona. <laughs>
2: He'd go back to the Rams.
1: Maybe. Or, that's, where, yeah.
2: that's where he would go. He'd go to the Rams. He'll go to um, Kyle Shanahan or... He'll, he'll go back to one of those organizations. I don't know if he'll he'll get a job right away, especially if he gets fired in one year.
1: Maybe not. I think he should, but maybe, yeah, maybe not, but even so, like, that, that's going to leave, a, it's just going to leave a bad look on the Dolphins, uh, where players are not, m- might not want to stay there either. I know Tyreek Hill wanted to be traded there, but again, that doesn't mean he's going to instantly say, alright, can I trust this team to be able to build? Because, again, you look at a case of, they were 8-3 this year, and, and then everything falling apart with the whole Tua thing, and I think that's more on the ownership and the front office stuff than it is with the coaching. The one place that I think is definitely going to fire their coach is Arizona. I believe Cliff
2: Kingsbury yeah. will be fired in the offseason after getting an extension going into the offseason. Him and Kyler Murray got an extension, and they just laid up a lousy goose egg this year. And I, I think he's lost the locker room. And that, that was the interesting thought on why they, why Arizona decided to give him the extension. I just, It didn't make any sense. When I when I saw that I I was like w- what's going on with the organization are they blind because even though Cliff Kingsbury had a pretty good season last year the team completely laid up a lousy goose egg in the playoffs against the Rams that eventually won the Super Bowl but everybody blamed Kyler Murray it wasn't Kyler Murray it was the play calling of Cliff Kingsbury in the playoffs that made him look like a complete idiot and made really Kyler Murray look like a self proclaimed quarterback so uh, I I I think what what is Snug saying over here I don't think Earl Likes most of the stuff I sent him. Oh. oh, the cupcakes! I think he's talking about. He never sent me any cupcakes.
1: Oh, you never sent him any cupcakes, Snug? He Come never on, sent
2: me any cupcakes? Well, I, well, I know He sent me a, shirts. A bunch of shirts, yeah. Shirts that I, I I
1: don't understand, but you know that's something that. Yes, Snug Snug no, does. okay. The one you sent me finally came to fruition. Yes, the Rams won a Super Bowl. I know. <laughs> Why he sent you a shirt? He sent me the one because I my first year there I was making fun of the Rams that year because I didn't think they were that good. I thought they were kind of fraudulent and they made the playoffs, so that was the one he. Center remember uh, me. He sent one to you and he sent one to Matty Caps all at the same time. And that, yeah, that was mine. Um, also uh David Scheinman uh, commenting a couple of times about the Jets too. Uh Woody Johnson has to stop hiring these rookie head coaches. Uh where are the Jets going if they lose? Well they're already they're already out unless well, they're they the they're, they're not out. There's an eighth seed.
2: Yeah. they if Pittsburgh loses and the Patriots lose, the the Jets make it, you know, if they beat Miami. So there's no if this eight seed actually goes into fruition in the next couple of days, within the next twenty four hours, it could absolutely change. It, the outlook of the playoffs with the Jets uh could change. I, I don't think I don't wanna see the Jets make the playoffs as an eight seed. I don't. I'd rather see them go into the offseason, figure things out and and then obviously go Go into the draft and, and find either find the quarterback or bring in a veteran quarterback and keep Zach Wilson on the bench and let him develop. That's what I think the Jets need to do in the offseason. I think this team is good enough. I think this team could compete next year uh, if they're 100% healthy. But... Um, the Kingsbury thing is is an interesting thing, and if anybody has watched the Hard Knocks uh, with the Arizona Cardinals, you could tell that Kingsbury has lost the locker room. As a matter of fact, he's lost some of his coaches. He's he's fired two of his coaches from his roster this year. One that uh, he had to he had to tell Hard Knocks to not actually post up some of the stuff that they got on video. Of one of the coaches that they fired after, you know, I think in New Mexico, yeah. and then they he fired another coach uh, from his roster uh, at the end of the season. So I think Kingsbury's on his way out. I've heard he's lost uh, the respect uh, from the, the players, and Kyler Murray and him weren't seeing eye to eye in the offense. And Kyler Murray is, I think, I like Kyler Murray. I really do. I think he's a talented player. The one thing that bothers me about Kyler Murray right now is he. All season long, when he was talking and speaking to the press, he was talking in a third person. He thought he was bigger than the team. And when you have a player like that that's bigger than the team, why would the players want to play for him? And and now that, that has a lot to do with coaching. If Kingsbury actually standing, you know, stood up for you know the offensive line or right. or the wide receivers on this team, maybe Kyle, Kyler Kingsbury would have a little bit more respect for the players that are around him. I just don't think Kyler Murray does. Yeah. And 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 that's a big problem. And going into the offseason, if the players don't like him, and, and, and I'll say this about Russell, West, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson had a bad year. It was a bad year for Russell Wilson. A lot of people say it was one of the worst trades in NFL history. I mean, when you look at the numbers that Russell Wilson put up this year. The one reason why I think that it wasn't that bad of a trade is because we've seen quarterbacks go into a new position and a new place, and with maybe with the bad coach or the bad offensive line or some of the bad players around them, it didn't work. It didn't. They didn't see eye to eye. I think in the offseason, if the Broncos bring in the right coach and the right offensive coordinator, I think Russell Wilson will be back to where he was with the Seattle Seahawks. He's too good of a player. This guy was an elite quarterback for like seven, eight years. You're, you're talking about every year he was runner up or, you know, second runner up for the MVP. He, as a matter of fact, two years ago, he should have won the MVP. So um, I, I think Russell Westbrook does, Russell Wilson doesn't get enough credit when he was playing for Seattle because of the defense and, and how good. The Legion of Boomers, but when uh, the Legion of Boom was there, and and some of the defensive players that they had right. over
1: there, uh, Keith has a question: uh, Do you think you, uh, do you and Speedy still think the Bears have a better future than the Lions? Who, not when I thought they were, mm-hmm. I thought they were going to be one in five and still going to be good. You both told me I was wrong, but the, that the Lions suck. I'm not going to let that go. Well, yeah, uh, that's, we'll take the L. I'll take the L on that one. I don't know about Arrow, but uh.
2: no, I'll take the I'll take the L. And okay. that. I, I I still think Chicago. They have a a lot of draft stock, they do, and they're going to have a high draft pick this year. They're going to have to decide what to do with Justin Fields. Um, do they move Justin Fields in the offseason? I don't see that happening, and I also don't think they draft a quarterback. I think they need a defensive lineman if, yeah. if Anderson is there. Or
1: Jalen Carter. Or yeah.
2: Jalen yeah. Carter is there, wherever they're drafting at three or four or five. I, I They need to help out after losing Rokon Smith in a trade uh, with the Baltimore Ravens, so and they get they get they got nothing for Roquan Smith. Roquan Smith is one of the top five linebackers in the league, and I think they
1: yeah two I, and a five
2: yeah two and a five for one of the better linebackers in the league. And he's young; he's twenty five years old. Yeah, so it didn't make any sense. So they they practically the Baltimore Ravens practically robbed Roquan Smith from the Chicago Bears. But the Chicago Bears they have a significant amount of draft stock this year, and I think they can if they do what the jets did this past year in the draft um now obviously everything's got to fall together for them yeah. um they can go into the season with uh, a pretty good young team but they got to decide if Justin
1: Fields is the guy Yeah. And they also have to do better at drafting (coughs) offensive players in general. They've had that issue throughout their franchise. They can't find a wide receiver. They can't find receivers or offensive linemen very well. Now, Tevin Jenkins, who they drafted in the second round last year, has started to improve, but he's mostly been hurt. And beyond that, their offensive line has been really, really bad. And that's a big reason that Justin Fields has had a lot of trouble developing himself, too, because he's getting hit a lot. And since he came into the league, since he, since he first started that week, cause he didn't start at the, at the start of the season last yep. year, he's been hit the most of any quarterback in the league. So that's a big problem. The bears are going to have to address. They're good at developing running backs. They're, all right with tight ends. And that's why I didn't understand the Jet fans. When, when Mike White went over there to Chicago and,
2: and put up all those numbers in Chicago, the Chicago Bears defense is horrible. One of the worst in the league. Yeah. And and if you look at all the other games that Mike White played, his numbers weren't that good. Now, no. I know a lot of the Jet fans would rather Mike White because his, his throwing arm and everything like that, He he's, his release point is faster than Zach Wilson. But if you look at... Both Zach Wilson and and Mike White. I think Zach Wilson was more successful this year in certain aspects of his game than Mike White was. So, and and Zach Wilson, when he was in the red zone, played better in the red zone than Mike White did. So, right. uh, I I know Jet fans want to believe that Mike White's the answer going into the offseason. I finally have uh, Eric Martini, hey. <laughs> obviously agreeing with me that Mike White isn't the answer, especially the game that he had last week. Mm-hmm. He. he They had a chance to still make the playoffs, and they played against the Seattle Seahawks team that they're better than. They are better than the Seattle Seahawks, more talented. I agree. And and the fact that Seattle played and beat them the way they did, yes, it was in Seattle. Yes, it was loud. Yes, it was the 12th man. There was no reason why the Jets weren't competing in that game. They scored three points in that game or six points in that game. Yeah. You You can't sell me. Do you know that the Jets in the last three games have scored under 20 points? in 3 games. Yep. You can't win. You can't win in the NFL no. if you don't in 3 games you only score 20 points.
1: Yeah, you can't win in the NFL if you score under 20 points in two games, unless 3. So
2: it, it, it's embarrassing. The Jets are they they're going into this offseason they have to decide what they're doing at the quarterback position. There's a lot of teams going to be looking for quarterbacks and and is Baltimore going to pay Lamar Jackson, do they franchise him and then trade him and try to get as much as they possibly can for him? Because Lamar Jackson is a franchise quarterback. He is. You can win with Lamar Jackson. Um, He's not been a very good playoff player when when you look at his numbers in the couple of playoff games that he's played. But, uh, again, I I still think you can win with him. There are a couple of quarterbacks. Uh, Kirk Cousins signed an extension uh, last year. I think he has one more year left on his contract. Yeah. So, there, Jimmy Garoppolo, Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr. There are going to be – and there will
1: probably be more quarterbacks that could be available this offseason. Another one to watch possibly if they decide to trade him on a high who had a pretty good year is Jared Goff too, maybe. Jared Goff, uh, Kyler
2: Murray mm. could be a trade piece after getting all that money and coming off an ACL. Depending on who the coach is, uh, they could say, you know what, I don't want Kyler Murray. I want to go into the draft again and find my quarterback. Because if you remember, back-to-back years, they went from one quarterback to, the, to another. They had the number one pick. I still think Kyler Murray could be a good quarterback in this league if they put the right offensive guy in that coaching position as the offensive coordinator.
1: So and the other one, not to rule out, just because we know uh, we were talking about the ownership with the Dolphins too. If if Lamar Jackson becomes a free agent, we know they were linked to them. Maybe two it gets traded then. At that point, if they decide to pursue him again and fire McDaniel, and then maybe they go after all in after that. I
2: think that, I think Detroit's going to re-sign Derek Goff. He's had too good of a season, and he's, he's, he's building chemistry with some of the wide receivers that he has over there. St. Brown, it looks like he's a beast of a man. A great Williams is going to be a good player when he plays a full season with St. Brown. They're, they're a good team. They're a good offensive team. Why would they go back into the draft and look for a quarterback when they have a young quarterback there that has been in a Super Bowl, has played for a Super Bowl? I think they re-signed Jared Goff. I don't think he'll be available. I
1: I, I I only say that if they're going to like trade him on a high if there's a really good offer. They're out not there. trading him.
2: Why would you trade a quarterback? You finally found a franchise quarterback. Now right. Matthew Stafford was a franchise quarterback. Matthew Stafford's probably going to retire this off season. He has a spine injury. It's a significant spine injury. And now I'm I'm hearing that he he might walk away from the game. And that's why. The Rams might decide to bring back Baker mayfield and with the team, and they have no draft stock yeah. it for for the next two or three years, so they they 're really putting all their eggs in their baskets with for Aaron donald who didn 't even want to come back this off season They gave him a hundred million dollars. I think that was a big mistake by them, and then obviously uh with uh ramsey jalen ramsey 's falling off you you're, we were talk, we were arguing last year or two years ago that Jalen Ramsey was the best corner in the NFL. We were arguing him and Howard. Honestly, both those guys fell off. Howard from Miami and Jalen Ramsey. They're not even elite anymore. No, you have they're, rookies. They're both kind
1: of top. But they're probably like 11 through 20 now at the at this point, the way they played this year. You you look at where some of these teams are, and they're, they're in cap hell.
2: I, I mean, the Cowboys are still in cap hell. They're still in cap hell.
1: Yeah, the Saints are going to be too, and so are the Browns. The
2: Saints yeah. are in cap hell. The Browns are in cap hell. I mean, you go up and down, and all the rosters, Arizona is going to be in Capel, yeah. uh, Green Bay, unless they trade our. Green Bay's a bad
1: Capel, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of teams. The Patriots are going to have a lot of money this offseason. Yep. They'll they'll be able to go out there and get whoever they want, who Become whoever becomes available. If they want a quarterback that's sitting there, Derek Carr or something like that, they could bring Derek Carr in Derek, Derek Carr and Josh McDaniels for the Patriots. No, uh,
1: Josh McDaniels. No, I know it's a joke. I know he can't get fired. So I,
2: I think if there's any possibility Aaron Rodgers goes anywhere, it's Las Vegas. Mm. It makes a lot of sense. Um, first of all, Devonte Adams is there. Uh, and we, we and it's sad because Derek Carr, the reason why Devontae Adams left Green Bay was to play with Derek Carr. Now Derek Carr gets sit for the last two games, and he's on his way out. Yeah. So if I was Devontae Adams, I'm probably smacking myself in the head, wondering why I didn't stay in Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Green Bay is going, possibly going into the playoffs this year again. And with Devontae Adams, they would have even a much better record. You're talking about they probably win twelve, thirteen games this year yeah, if yeah. Devontae Adams is on that roster. And they drafted Christian uh Watson, who looks like he's going to be a player. You, you you finally have your second wide receiver, the guy that you've been looking for to give you this open up the field and, and give separation instead of Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams goes over there uh to uh Las Vegas. So it, it's it's all about the money. Absolutely, Keith. And mm-hmm. uh the question is. The Giants are going to have money this offseason. They they could look for a wide receiver. There's a couple of good wide receivers that could be available this offseason if they don't get franchised. So it could go either way. But uh, the coaching disputes for some of these teams, there's definitely going to be openings this offseason. And, and, and like I said, this is probably the biggest offseason when it comes to uh, free agent quarterbacks, franchise quarterbacks that are going to be available. Because... Mm-hmm. There, there are going to be at least four or five guys that you can say are somewhat franchise quarterbacks. Jimmy Garoppolo, he was a franchise quarterback. Can he be a franchise quarterback? I think you can win with Jimmy. Derek Carr was a franchise quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is a franchise quarterback. If I look in, look at some of these quarterbacks...
1: Um, Brady, if he doesn't retire, Brady,
2: they're saying that he if he if he does come back, he's not playing for the Buccaneers.
1: I I saw a rumor too. I don't know how legitimate it is. Tom Brady and Sean Payton back on the Saints is a possibility. I don't know how big it is. The Saints need to purge a lot of money. Why to make would it Sean work.
2: Payton go back to the Saints? I, I don't
1: know. I I heard it, it was an intriguing thing. I I don't think he ever disliked the Saints, so I I, I wouldn't be surprised. You're right. I think that he's more leaning towards. Uh, a Western team like Arizona or the, one of the LA teams, maybe, but but I did hear that as a possibility because Sean Payton does want to coach Tom Brady, and that was what the whole Dolphins rumor was last year and why they were tampering for him. So it's definitely a possibility if that's what Brady wants to do. I don't know if Bra- that's what Brady wants to do either, but I don't Carson think Wentz is going
2: to be ago. available this offseason again. I mean, that guy is has been thrown around like a waste basket. <laughs> yeah. I, I it's a shame because i th- I still think carson wentz is a he's a decent quarterback in the league i just I just think if it may be his personality or he doesn't get along with people on his roster or i i I've just heard so many stories on when he was in Indianapolis the reason why he didn't come back to Indianapolis which i as you could see Indianapolis made a big mistake. Bringing in Matt oh, yeah, Ryan. Ryan. They should have kept Carson Wentz. I think Carson Wentz was the better option, but they brought in Matt Ryan at the end of his career, and you saw how bad they were this year. And it, there's a lot of injury problems as well. But when, and I, listen, when he says, uh, Carl, Snug says Carson Wentz is Ed Gase, and um, Keith says Wentz blows. I don't think Wentz blows. If you look at Wentz's numbers over the last couple of years, <coughs> Even with um, Indianapolis, and I, I'm looking right now at Carlson Wentz's numbers. Carson Wentz is a pretty good quarterback. He is. I, I, I mean, he, is he an elite quarterback? No, but his numbers are pretty damn good.
1: Yeah, his numbers were efficient enough last year to qualify at least for this a year. It
2: wasn't good because he barely played. He yeah, this
1: year it was only the stretch at the beginning of the season where he looked good, and then once they beat the Eagles, or um, then before once they beat the Eagles when he got benched, then Heineke came in, and then it really it took him a while for him to get it back. And I didn't, like how, um,
2: I didn't like how uh, yeah, I didn't like how what's Ron Rivera treated him. Yeah, right. Ron Rivera treated him wrongly. Okay, he threw him under the bus and tried to blame Carson Wentz and the reason why they couldn't score points, which I think was a crock. Okay. Mm. You can't point your fingers at one player. This is a team game. But Carson Wentz, his numbers are good. I mean, last year, he had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions. The year before that, with the Eagles, 16 and 15, 27 and 7, 21 and 7, 33 and 7, 16 and 14. I mean, the, the amount of years that Carson Wentz has played he's played three, six, seven years. He's got 151 touchdowns and 66 interceptions. Those are good numbers. Those are good numbers. And his career uh, yards is 22,000. I mean, in seven years, those are good numbers. So to say that he blows, I don't think he blows. Could
1: you win with Carson I I don't know. Yeah, that's the one thing I think that has kept teams from really taking a better eye on him is he's a lot at the end of the game. Make some bad mistakes, and I think that's why his teams haven't been "quote unquote" winning. Now you're right; it's not all his fault. I don't think it's I don't think it's his fault for the Colts collapsing the way they did entirely either the whole team struggled against Jacksonville that week 18 game and the week 17 game before that against the Raiders, they lost it a shootout. So it's uh, that's on all his faults. Uh, Keith says he's a backup. Probably. No, I think he's better than a backup. probably, but just based on w- how many quarterbacks could be available from the draft. But again, I-, I think he's still starting worthy though, at least as an insurance policy. Uh, yes, yes, Keith, I've always said that about him. Yes, he does throw a lot of interceptions at critical time. Yes, yes. he does. But yes. a lot of quarterbacks do that. It's not just, no, no, Phil- Philip Rivers did that in
2: his career. Philip Rivers, uh, Matt, Ryan did it. I mean, we've seen some of these quarterbacks that are hall of famers that it. Peyton Manning did it in, in a lot of games. Yep. He threw interceptions in, in very weird times, which cost the Indianapolis Colts games and the Denver Broncos games. So, yeah, I I, I understand, and I'm not calling Carson Wentz Peyton Manning, but no, uh, Carson Wentz is a good quarterback. I think he's better than a a backup quarterback, and I, I can't see how you could now Andy Dalton. You look at his numbers, it, it, the Bagels treated him wrong at the end of his career, but they also they brought in Joe Burrow. And, and I think that was the the biggest move they, they possibly can. And Joe Burrow has changed that organization for the better. But – right. uh, Andy Dalton was a pretty good quarterback in in Cincinnati. That's why he got the money that he got in Cincinnati. Right. Now right. he's 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 been a journeyman, but and that's the problem with these quarterbacks. If you're only good at one thing, it's not going to work in the NFL anymore. You need to be good at many different things if you're going to stay in the NFL and you're going to be considered an elite quarterback.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's a young quarterback league. So it's going to be a lot of it's a lot of harder for these veteran quarterbacks to get on a sustainable I guess, situation, and that's your, what you've seen definitely with I Carson like Carson Wentz. Wentz, and
2: if you put him in the right position with the right coach, you can win with Carson Wentz. Carlson Wentz almost won an MVP before he, were, he tore
1: his ACL, MCL, and, and Philadelphia. yeah, and, that, I think that's and then the they won the Super that Bowl that year. Yeah, because yeah, he was supposed to be not necessarily like a, a freak runner, like like Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray, but he was supposed to be able to throw on the run well and extend plays, and that was one of the things since the injuries that has hurt him, and he's developed more into a pocket quarterback, which I think has still hindered him a little bit in terms of taking the step he was supposed to in his development. Yes, Keith, he does have a lot of talent. No, nobody does, un, is un, nobody's disputing Wentz's talent, and he also says I like. Dalton, yeah, Dalton's a backup at this point, though in his career. Now he is, yeah. and, but th- there are te- there are teams out there, aka the Jets, that can
2: bring Andy Dalton in next year to be your starting quarterback, and you can win with Andy Dalton with the players that they have on this roster. You could. Now, I, I know a lot of people wanted to throw, you know, Zach Wilson under the bus, but I was also looking at numbers that the in the last three or four weeks, none of the wide receivers were getting open. Yeah. I mean, the numbers. The numbers show that the Jets wide receivers were just not getting open. Mm-hmm. So if they're not getting open, how do you expect the quarterback to get you the ball?
1: Right. So I'm just saying. I mentioned that on the Weekend Crunch, too. Besides the running game being the worst thing in a while for the Jets, too, the other inconsistency was the number two receiver position. Ever since Brees Hall got hurt, they were not the same team. No, I know that. But even the number two wide receiver position, too. Like, they have flashes here and there. Like, Corey Davis played well against the Vikings. Elijah Moore played well against the Bears. I mean, that's look, really what, look what Walker did to the Jets. He completely... You know, uh, cut
2: them apart, cut the Jets' offensive—I mean, defensive line apart when they played in Seattle. He was uh, all over the place. Now, if if Brees Hall played in that game, that game probably the last three games could have been different. Maybe the Jets went two out of the three yeah. because you could do, you can dominate the line of scrimmage, and that's what they did. Brees Hall dominated the line of scrimmage, and losing Elijah Vera Tucker really hurt them too.
1: Yeah, especially in Seattle because they can't stop the run. <laughs>
2: Before we get into our picks, Sny Ian Begley believes the Knicks could be in the market to trade for Zach Levine. This could be a good move for the, the Knicks. The Knicks are looking for a star. Zach Levine is a star. Uh, him going to Chicago, New York is is not a big jump uh, in my eyes because they're two big basketball cities. Right. The question is, is Zach Levine the missing piece that's going to get them over the hump and get them into the? Eastern Conference Championship. And that's what you want to see the Knicks go every single year. You want them to be an cha- NBA championship contender or Eastern Conference contender. And honestly, they had a chance to bring in Donovan Mitchell, who, by the way, last week I think scored 81 71, po- points. 71 points in a game. Yep. I, I mean, Donovan Mitchell would have been a great pickup for the New York Knicks in the offseason. I would have traded R.J. Barrett. I would have traded anybody they wanted to bring in Donovan Mitchell because if you had him and Zach Levine and you had those guys to build around, you have something. You bring Zach Levine in there, you're still missing one more piece that's going to get you over the hump. Yeah. And we've seen Zach Levine play with better players and good players in Chicago. It never worked. Maybe he's not a team player. Remember, he was drafted by the Timberwolves. He played with uh, Carl Anthony Towns and, Wiggins, and, and yeah. Wiggins. I mean, that was a pretty good team, too, but they never got over the hump. Maybe because of stubbornness. Maybe because of talent. So, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it, it's, we wonder, too, if, if something like Zach Levine would work for what the Knicks need to. Now, the Knicks definitely could use a guy that's more of a volume scorer. And they have a better percentage when it comes to shooting threes, but they don't shoot a lot of threes as it is, which Levine would definitely help with. And you also look at a case, too, of they maybe having Jalen Brunson there, they don't have to have Levine handle the ball as much and make some of those mistakes that he did down the stretch in games in Chicago. Cause remember Chicago was a second seed at the all-star break last year and they fell off really badly. And then this year they really haven't recovered since then too. So him maybe not being that number one ball handling option could be a good thing, but if the Knicks can do it where they can move another contract and they have Jalen Brunson, they got it right with him. If right.
2: they, if they could find, if they could bring in Zach Levine and they had Donovan Mitchell here, you're talking about a good three right there. You can win in the Eastern Conference with those three guys. Now you're, you're, you have Jalen Brunson. If you bring in Zach Levine, do you have enough to bring in another star? They had a chance to trade pieces to bring in Donovan Mitchell, who was under still uh, – he, he had two years left on his contract, so you, you had control of him. So I I think they made a big mistake.
1: Mm. Yeah, and it's interesting to see which contract they'll end up moving to, because he got paid a lot of money, Levine. He got a max contract, and they could move Evan Fournier. Maybe did they they do Julius Randle in this kind of deal to maybe trade less of the, uh, I guess you could say, top young players, because R.J. Barrett now signing the contract can't be traded, so he's ineligible. Emmanuel Quigley was the main one brought up in this deal because obviously the Knicks didn't want to trade Quentin Grimes for Donovan Mitchell, so I doubt they're going to do it for Zach Levine either. And so it seems like it's going to be Quigley or maybe uh, maybe Mitchell Robinson. I don't know. But Mitchell Robinson's played well. I don't know if you want to move him. So I, it's, it's tough to tell what the Knicks are going to do at this point. I feel like. The Bulls are going to try to use the Knicks as leverage and uh, potentially try to garner off for someone else, and we'll see if Leon Rose decides to fight that kind of battle. I would be encouraged by it, but uh, you're right. It's de- I wouldn't say it's definitely a missing piece. They probably need one more. They need one more. I mean, I,
2: I like Jalen Brunson. I I think he's a pretty good point guard. I, he's proven to be a top-five point guard this year, but even adding Zach Levine, and, and maybe you get rid of Julius Randle, and maybe you get Fournier or somebody like that, and you, you have a pretty good young team. You don't have enough to compete with the top-heavy teams like the Celtics or, or the 76ers or any of those teams when they're fighting at full strength. Yeah. I'm surprised Miami has fallen off this show. They've it's been like... horrible. And and maybe they start trading away pieces. Maybe Pat Riley decides to move Jimmy Butler yeah. at the trade deadline. Maybe the Knicks look at Jimmy Butler. He always yeah. wanted to play in New York. Yeah. Maybe you bring in Jimmy Butler and Zach Levine. Then you have a, three, a three-man team that you can build around. Because then you have Jimmy, you have Zach, and you have uh
1: you know RJ Barrett, Jay,
2: yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Brunson, Brunson, because yeah. they, they would trade RJ Barrett.
1: Well, no, they can't trade RJ Barrett this year. So they yes, don't... they can. They could trade him in the second half. No, the uh, the article that that Begley actually wrote said RJ Barrett cannot cannot be traded because of the the rookie or the uh, the new deal restrictions. Really? So they, they would not be able to trade him this year. RJ Barrett is not eligible to be traded. And then he also says he likely assumes Quentin Grimes is off the table based on him, them not including him for Dominant Mitchell. So they they mentioned Obi Toppin, Emmanuel Quigley and I'm sure the Knicks could go back on that they trade him for Donovan Mitchell. I mean, yeah, but right now he's not eligible. The same kind of things. why the Nets. He will be ben a Nick. Simmons, Donovan yeah. Mitchell will be a Nick. When he becomes available
2: at 29 years old, I'm telling you, he will be a Nick. So, I'm just saying.
1: No, no. I, down the road, he definitely could be. Because three years into the deal, he could opt out. So, there's always a possibility of that. But this article that Begley has is Evan Fournier would be the contract. They would move. They'd trade Derrick Rose to have him back to Chicago for the nostalgia. The fans would love it. And then the package of young players with picks because the Knicks have a lot of draft picks too, but they're likely not going to have to trade Quentin Grimes mm. what it seems like, which is good. I hope, again, I like the Mitchell trade. I hope they have to the trade Obi Toppin in this kind of deal, but we'll see. All right, Speedy, let's do our picks. All righty, so uh, Derek and, did not make it tonight, but he did send send our picks, so right now you lead by five games over me and eight games over Derek for the season, so we'll start with the uh, the two Saturday games, one of which is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Derek has the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs in this one. Uh, I, I don't, the Raiders have played better offensively, but I just can't trust them to win a shootout with the Chiefs. Derek Carr's
2: not playing. So, yeah. Obviously, they're playing a third or fourth string quarterback. Not a chance in hell. It doesn't matter if it's in Vegas. Kansas City is going to run all over them. I expect them to put up a 40 spot.
1: Give me Kansas City. All right. Yep, and Derek had the Chiefs as well, uh, and the game to decide the AFC South on Saturday night. This is going to be a nice game. The Jacksonville Jaguars and, and the is Tannehill playing? Nope. Is Derek it Henry. Is Josh playing. Dobbs. Uh, Derek Henry's playing. Josh Dobbs is starting at quarterback for the Titans. Derek is actually rolling with the Titans. He thinks they will bounce back and snap the horrific losing streak they're on. I do not believe that. I'm going to take the Jags in this one because I do, I, I do trust their defense to play better. They have played better in recent weeks. They've done, they've done a good job at stopping the run, too. I know Derek Henry has a good career track record against the Jags, but it's first game back from the injury. I don't know if he'll have that same impact. And the Jags offense has been playing well. The Titans secondary has really struggled. I like
2: Jacksonville. Jacksonville will clinch the number one seed. Uh, they'll be the first this will be the first time in, in the last couple of years that the Jacksonville Jaguars finally clinch a playoff spot. So yep. I like him. I like Trevor Lawrence. I like what we've seen the last couple of weeks. They've been running the ball very, very well, and uh, they've been throwing the ball very, very well. The offensive line is finally protecting them, and I think Doug Peterson has really changed the offense of this team. So Jacksonville
1: wins this game 21-14. All right. The Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers need to win this to get into the playoffs, and they need a little help. Derek does not think they will do that. He is on the Browns. I am on the Steelers. I think Mike Tomlin gets the winning season. I think I, their defense has been impressive since T.J. Watts come back. Cleveland's offense has been up and down since Deshaun Watson's return. So I'm going to take the Steelers in this one, a tight one. I'm going to say 23-17. to I want the Browns to win because I want to see the Jets make it, but I think the Steelers, being that they're home,
2: it's going to be raining this weekend. I uh, the field obviously goes to the the home team because they play and they practice over there. And I and by the way, I I like what I've seen so far the last couple of weeks from Pittsburgh. I, I like their young quarterback. I like what they they do running the ball and Tomlin's always had a winning season for the last what 10 years in a row he's yep. had a winning season. So Uh, Give me Pittsburgh in this game. They win the game 21-17.
1: All right. The Ravens at the Bengals, and we'll see what the situation entails. Maybe the Ravens and Bengals will play a third time from these rumors we're hearing. Uh, Derek has the Bengals in this one. I have the Bengals in this one, too. I think this is going to be an emotional game for them going through what they went through Is in Lamar Buffalo. Jackson playing? Uh, Lamar Jackson seems like he's going to play, but uh, nothing confirmed yet. He, he did practice limited today, which is a good sign for him. Um, they said he could have maybe came back next last week, but even so, I think it's going to be hard for them to get back. I think the Bengals playing emotional with what happened. I think they're going to play for everything that happened with Buffalo. I think this is an inspiration. Give me the, bang- give me the Bengals 31-20. Uh, The Bengals need to win this game, especially with the seeded thing.
2: And and Buffalo, you don't know if they're going to get a win or a loss or a tie. They need this win. Give me uh, Cincinnati in the game. They'll be able to run against Baltimore's defense. The defense has been back and forth all season long, and that's why they added Roquan Smith. The Bengals will win 24-14.
1: All right, uh, Vikings and the Bears. Uh, Derek has the Vikings. I have the Vikings. They finally get a double-digit win to help their cause. The Bears' defense has been awful. Give me Minnesota 35-17. I got Minnesota, too. I mean, the Bears are done. And, uh, I mean, Justin Fields will
2: play, but it's not going to make really a difference. And, and by the way, uh, when you look at what Minnesota has done this year offensively, they've been really a home-breaking team. So, uh, give me the Minnesota Vikings – 31-14.
1: All right. The New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. Derek did not pick the Jets this week. He is on the fins, so maybe the Jets have a shot to win. I don't know. If you want them to win? I don't, I don't want think. the Jets yeah. to win. <laughs> I, we don't even know if this 18 playoff is actually happening yet. But either, I think the Jets are going to win. You do think they're going to win? Yes. I don't. I think I think, I think think Teddy Bridgewater will end up playing in this game, and I do think they he does play better. because Until that interception, I think he was being very efficient against the Patriots, too. And I do think the Jets run defense has been vulnerable in recent weeks, where Miami's going to be able to run the ball a little better, too. So uh, I got Miami in this one. Close game. I'm going to say 20. To thirteen. If Teddy Bridgewater plays, I have Miami. If Ted,
2: Teddy Bridgewater doesn't play, Mike Lennon's the starting quarterback. Give me the Jets. So that's where I would go with okay. it. So.
1: All right. Uh, Bucks and Falcons. Uh, Derek has the Falcons in this one. Uh, I'm going to take the Falcons. I think, the, I think Tampa's going to play a lot of their starters in just the first quarter or something if they get rid of them at that point. They have nothing to play for. They're locked into the fourth. So give me Atlanta 16-13. Uh, to 13.
2: <laughs> Yeah. I, it's crazy how Tampa is going to win the division in that very, very weak division. They yeah. were horrible all season long, and, and Tom Brady has a chance to go to another Super Bowl and win at number eight. Um, yeah, I, I think the Falcons win. They're the better young team. Uh, I don't believe Tampa's going to play Tom Brady. They're not going to play their starters. Uh, it's in Atlanta. The Falcons win um,
1: 24-17. All right, Panthers and the Saints, kind of a meaningless game. Derek's got the Panthers in this one. I'll take the Saints. they play played better in recently weeks. Packback wins against the Browns and Eagles, so i uh, I'll take the Saints. Uh, I'll say twenty to thirteen as well. <laughs> I like Carolina's
2: defense. I really do. Right. They're starting to really, you know, produce the numbers uh, in the second half of the season. But the Saints, being that it's in, uh, I guess Louisiana, I think the advantage goes to them. Their defense, their secondary has played very well the last couple of weeks. Um, I think it'll be close. It's going to be a very boring game. Uh, I, I have the Saints winning
1: 17-16. Well, candidate for potentially ugliest game of the year, the Houston Texans and the Indianapolis Colts. Hopefully they tie again. That would be funny. But uh, Derek has the Texans. You know what? I'm actually going to agree with that one. I'll take the Texans as well. They've been impressive the last couple of weeks. They beat the Titans. Uh, I know they got blown up by Jacksonville. But beyond that, they played well. So I'll take Houston in a uh, 17-16 game. I got Houston too in this
2: game. I think they're a better team. In Indianapolis, and I think Indianapolis is trying to go into the draft and find their quarterback of the future because they don't have it. Yeah, and they don't so, have a coach either. <laughs> no, but they'll find one. I, I, they'll, they'll be coaches interested in Indianapolis. They always are. So
1: give me Houston. I think it'll be a close game, 21-18. All All right. Uh, Cardinals 49ers, Derek is the 49ers. <laughs> I got the 49ers too in a, in a blowout. Arizona's sort of really just all the pressures on Cliff Kingsbury to try to keep his job, and he's not going to do it. Give me the Niners. Uh, I'll say 34 to 20. Yeah, the Niners.
2: I, I think they're the best team, defensive team in the NFL. Offensively, I, I mean, Purdy's played very well. He hasn't lost a game since he's taken over Jimmy Garoppolo's position. I think you go into the playoffs. You cannot, even if Jimmy Garoppolo is ready to come back, you have to play the hot hand. Purdy is the hot hand. You play the hot hand. But San Francisco wins the final game of the year uh, to
1: go into the playoffs. I think they completely dominate 35-14. All right, we'll go to the 4 o'clock games. The Chargers, or that was the first 4 o'clock games, the Chargers (coughs) and the Broncos. Uh, Derek actually has the Broncos, and I actually would agree with him because the Chargers really aren't playing for anything. I, th- I like the, Bronco- the Broncos the way they played last week. Hung tough with the Chiefs for a while. I think maybe the new coach they're trying to find something. I don't think he'll stay, but I think they found something. Russell Wilson's trying to prove something too. Give me the Broncos. I'll, I'll tell you a close game. I'll say twenty-seven twenty-four.
2: Yeah, I, I don't think the Broncos are going to win, even if they, even if the Chargers play their secondary players. I, I still think the Chargers are a better team. I don't like what the Broncos have produced all season long. Russell Wilson, even though he, he put up a pretty good game against Kansas city last week. I, there's something that tells me and, and the chargers, the chargers still playing for something. They could still play. They could get the five C. Yeah. Uh, technically. They're yeah. probably going to play Justin Herbert in this game. So if they do, I, I think the chargers
1: win the game. I think it'll be a close game, but they'll win 27 24. All right. The LA Rams and the Seattle Seahawks. Derek has the Seahawks. Uh, I got the Seahawks as well. I think uh, the Rams, yeah, they've hung tough in recent weeks. They obviously blew out the Broncos the way they did, but I think Seattle, their their defense against the run is really their only weakness, and the Rams can't run the ball, so I really have a hard time believing they're going to be able to do that. No Cooper Cup, obviously, so give me Seattle, tight one. I'm going to say 24-20. It's not a question. Seattle, it's home.
2: Seattle's playing with the 12th man again. L.A., it's it, well, it's not in L.A., it's in Seattle, and I think that's, that's the big difference right there, and Geno Smith's played very well. Even though his numbers didn't show against the Jets last week, he, he was very persistent, and, and he did what he needed to do to win the game. I expect him to do the same against an L.A. Ram team that's just completely
1: beat up. Give me Seattle 24-10. All right. We'll go to the two NFC East games. Now we'll start with the Giants and the Eagles. No diagnosis yet on Jalen Hurts, still listed as questionable. He's playing uh, Derek has the Eagles. I, I don't think it matters. I think he, the Eagles will win either, even if Jalen Hurts doesn't play because Gardner Minshew did look good against the Dallas defense, too. The Giants said they're probably not going to play a lot of their starters as it is. I expect. I don't expect them to play a lot on the defensive line. I don't think you're going to see Leonard Williams in this game. I don't think you're going to see Ojolari. And don't be surprised if they don't rest a lot of their secondary guys, too. Uh, so give me the Eagles in this one. I'm going to say 27-20. Eagles completely dominate this game. Uh, Jalen Hurts
2: will play in this game this they're going to put up a pretty big spot. They need to win this game so they can claim that number one seed, even if they have to play the eight seed, if there's an eight seed and there
1: is no bye week. Give me the Eagles in this game 31 12. 30, 12 nice. All right, the other NFC East game the Cowboys and the Commanders. Uh, Derek has the, the Cowboys in this one. I think I think this is going to be a close game. I think once the Eagles start to pull away from the Giants, I think the Cowboys will start resting guys. So I'm actually going to take the Commanders in this one because they, again, they played well defensively. I just their offense has fallen off in recent weeks, but so has the Dallas defense. I feel like this is going to be a spoiler here. I'm going to take the Commanders to win a tight one, 27, 24. Washington's trying to lose games now because they want a high draft pick, uh, as
2: they're they're probably going to be looking for a quarterback as well. Yeah. Give me Dallas in this game. I expect Dallas to win this game with an absolute blowout, 40 to 14. I I think Dallas is going to completely dominate this game on Sunday afternoon.
1: All right. And the last one, the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers Sunday night football. Derek is riding with the Packers to complete the hot streak and get into the playoffs As much as I would love to see the Lions get in, I'm going to agree with him. I'm going to take the Packers in this one because their defense has started to play at least respectable at this point. They're still having trouble against the run, so Swift and Williams will get theirs, but I do do think Jair Alexander, after shutting down Jeff and Justin Jefferson last week, will do a lot of the same with Amon Ross St. Brown, at least to contain him enough. And we've seen when he gets taken away in this offense, they really haven't had much. Jamison Williams hopefully gets on the form at some point, but it's just going to be hard to believe right now. So give me the Packers. I think it'll be close. Give me Green Bay, I'm going to say. 30-21. 30-21. to 21. Oh, I think the Packers are going
2: to win, and uh, they're going to sneak into the playoffs, and they're going to be a team that you're not going to want to play. If you have Aaron Rodgers playing in a dome or playing in a hot area, there's no snow, there's no hard field or terrible special teams, I expect Aaron Rodgers to make a run going into the playoffs this year if he sneaks into the playoffs. They've been one of the hotter teams in the league the last three weeks. I expect them to do the same even with the weak offense that they have. Give me Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, Mm 24-14. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is our picks of the week. I have not been healthy over the last day, 24 hours, so um, we kind of pushed this show pretty fast, and we're going to end the show a little bit early tonight because I've just not been feeling very well. Uh, But um, we'll be back next week on Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thursday at 9 p.m. Thank you. Uh, to Tony Casillas, uh, fantastic interview, and and uh, Lee Bodden, who always fun to talk to him as as we do. Thank you to Brandon Jacobs and Brandon Jacobs yesterday, and obviously um, our friend Mr. Draft. So thank you to all of you guys for joining us this week. Next week we'll have better guests. or great, not better guests. Fun, More fun, more interesting guests next week, as as we always do. Uh, thank you to all the fans that listen to us. Thank you. Keep tuning in to us. Listen to the Weekend Crunch this week on the L.I. News Radio at 7 p.m., right? Yep, we're still at 7. I think next week there's a game. Okay, so 7 p.m. Uh, if you don't live out here in Long Island, uh, you can go and check us out on on uh, linewsradio.com, or you could check us out on... Um, What's the other
1: thing I always talk about? In, tune in radio, iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. I yes.
2: So you can hear us on iHeartRadio as well. Just look up uh, LI News Radio um, at 7 p.m. on Saturday nights and you'll hear The Weekend Crunch. It's a great show, great guests that we have, and uh, great uh, comedy and content. So it's it's definitely a fun show to listen to. Uh, again, thank you to all the fans. Thank you to all the guests. We'll be back next week. Listen to uh, Game On, uh, the, uh, the debut of Game On with Josh Silverberg. I'm interested to see how that goes but uh yeah thank you to all the fans as always uh we will see you next week good night
0: you're, you're, you're listening to the worldwide sports radio network